Welcome to The One One, your West Australian racing podcast. I'm BJ Ryan. Episode 68 is sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. Now it's an absolute delight to be recording atop the 1900 bar at Ascot Racecourse alongside the one and only Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. And an absolute pleasure. We've got two special guests. We've got uh, one promoted and one surprise guest, Terry. So, uh, absolute pleasure to be joined by one of the stars of the Sky Racing Network, Mark Ulmus, as well as one of the stars of Perth Racing, our track man extraordinaire, Chris Nation. G'day, Terry, and welcome to Mark and Chris. Thanks, BJ. I better get in first before Chris hogs the spotlight. Um, yeah, great to be on, and thanks for having me. You could talk underwater. How are you, boys? <laughs> Good, good to uh, good to be here. Good to be at Ascot, and uh, it's good to see two uh, smiling, friendly, happy faces. How so. could you not smile? Have, have a look at where we are. I mean, obviously, our listeners cannot, but we're lucky enough to be above um, oh, what I think's one of the best race courses in the world. You know, people people joke about Royal Ascot, and they say, "Oh, how good's Ascot?" And I say, "Yeah, it's pretty bloody good." But I'm thinking of a different one. This is um, this is pretty much home for me. I love this place. The only problem is how the track's playing at the moment. I feel like, I feel like the bloke in charge of the surface could be doing a little bit better. What do you think, Chris? I think that's why Mark's come over and give you personal pet talk and river. Very good. Now, Chris Nation is a very busy man. Uh, Mark Olmos has just fl- literally got off the plane from Victoria, Melbourne, and driven straight to Ascot Racecourse to join us here at the 1-1. Now, that is that is an effort. But we have managed to grab uh, Chris Nation from his very hectic schedule, and he's been kind enough to have a quick chat to us here at the 1-1. So let's let's uh, touch base with the, uh, the, the track man in Western Australia. Chris, welcome back to the 1-1. Uh, how's uh, how's Ascot going? How's Belmont going ahead of the Belmont season? And I noticed that you've been helping out in a few different tracks along the way. Is it right? You've been doing a bit of work with the team at Mount Barker as well? Yeah, early on they had trouble obviously last season by losing all their meetings um, to do with their retic um, that was leaking underneath uh, the track and causing wet spots where they lost their meetings. So uh, earlier in the season we went down there and gave them a hand and then obviously uh, we've continued that on just in a consultancy way they've got a, a gentleman there named rod that's uh, a volunteer and he does a fantastic job and he deserves a lot of credit the track has looked fantastic in uh, the meetings i've seen this year so he deserves a wrap and um, yeah everything's good down there um, obviously here we've been very lucky with the weather um, we've had this ab- abnormal uh, rain you know, during the last month so uh, ascot's jumping out of the ground it's probably the best i've seen in the four years that i've been here at this time of year and it's Obviously, no credit to myself. It's the, the weather that's helped that. Um, obviously, we're at seven metres this weekend. We're trying something a little bit different. We will go out to nine for next weekend. And then I'm going to run the Friday-Saturday meter in true and three metres, which is generally normally nine and 11. So uh, the reason I've done that is last year, it really, really started the deterioration of the track in their middle pads. So uh, we've gone back to the inside. If we have a if we have bad weather or something like that, at least then we can get out over it going forward. So that's a change you'll see going. That Karakata Day? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, Belmont's been uh, the, there's two big areas there. There's a spot at the 600, and the obviously the trenches they call it. Mm. The, there's a Twitter handle. Yeah, the, yeah, the Belmont trench. <laughs> it's, it's actually a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we took them out now. Um, at the at the end of last season, and what we found is I was quite disappointed with the texture of the, the sand underneath I should say so we actually took an extra meter out and um, put some more uh, better soil in it you know with, with a lot more nutrient in it and, and, and relayed them both 
um, and they're both looking fantastic and, and ready to go for the season. Uh, obviously, we may have an extended season this season, so um, yeah, we're just trying to make sure that we've got everything ticked ready to go when we when we get there. And I think it's eight weeks from from Saturday. Mm. The track is looking magnificent from here, isn't it, Mark? Like uh, it's uh, Chris and his team have done a tremendous job. Now we did have a quick chat before we started recording about last Saturday. The rail was in the five-minute position. Very hot day. Easterlies around. Definitely, you know. The, the results suggested it suited those on top of the speed. What are you, from a trackman point of view, what are you expecting at the seven metres with the weather and likely wind pattern for Saturday? Yeah, it's a good question. And it's probably the first time, uh, as I said to you off here, that coming into the Saturday meet that I was, I thought that that would be the case. And, you know, it's easy for a track manager to sit there and say, it's going to play evenly. Um, and genuinely, I do, I 99% of the time think that. It was the first time on Saturday that I thought, oh, geez, um, I may have got it a little bit wrong here, and it's just purely to do with your rail moves and, and where your wear pads are on the, on the track. Um, and it was because of that move to save it for the Karakata that we caused it. Mm -hmm. But hopefully we, we get back to status quo, and I, I, I see it playing quite fair. Um, obviously, tempo and races of late have has been a big talking point, and yep. um, I see that probably playing a part for the next few weeks as it's on everyone's mind, including... The jockey so um but yeah my side of it the tracks is in good as conditions it can be and the wear over it is as even as possible so i uh, i think it'll play, play quite well so just leading into our feature races coming up we've got the good friday meeting which the rail will be in the true position yeah. then the following day is caracata plate day so that'll be out three meters so the rail will be done obviously in that 24-hour period there um and what so what will we be looking for for is it derby day the the, the following week it, it just keeps going out from keeps there going Look, out from there yeah. if we get a good day on the, on on good friday which we got a horrendous day last year yeah. um we may end up having a, a chance of the rail staying in that true position yeah um but of what i've seen over ascot over the last few seasons i think i'll just go out the three meters anyway so it is discretionary but i would say you know 99 it'll go to that three meters so yeah, and I think that's the best way to play fair on them, on them days. It's a nice pad. It's probably better than that true pad. So. I've got nothing to add. you got nothing to add? No, sorry. You're just throwing at me there. No, nothing uh, nothing exciting. I like that. Yeah. No. When you have punters not whinging. And it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's no, they're whinging. Well, it's a rarity. <laughs> it's a rarity that uh, so I, I record all the um, – the patterns and how I felt it's played for the day and usually Ascot's very sporadic. Well, it's usually very consistent that it's on pace, on pace, on pace, especially on Saturdays. But this season, um, the weekend definitely got an on pace uh, tick from me and a rail heavy tick from me. But um, no, usually it's just one word fair gets jotted down. Um, naturally, we're going to see more horses with a shorter track, a, a tightish turn, a shorter straight, sorry, a tightish turn. We're going to naturally see horses on speed. That's horse racing. You're naturally going to see more horses on speed dominating those off speed. But um, this has, and I'm not just saying this because you're sitting here, the track's played uh, as fairly and as well as I've uh, as I've ever seen. Yeah. Now, thanks. I think you've nailed two things there. Um, I've obviously made a few changes over the years and I've got a real good, young, vibrant team who are involved in racing themselves and enjoy the racing caper themselves and get it. So when they're out there doing their, their things and, and what they have to do, they actually emphasise it and, and try their best as well, which makes my job a hell of a lot easier. But the other one you did say, and I, I think um, if the back end of the season does change, if Bunbury does go out and we have to take their meetings, it will show us that we normally race uh, on the Saturday pads as true to nine and then nine to out uh, on the midweeks. I'd really like to see that kind of change a little bit because I think here at Ascot especially, what happens is as the rail gets out further, that home turn is very tight and it gets 
you know, it, it becomes a bigger turn, obviously, the further you go out. And I think that's what co- allows the r- runners to make ground. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that, hey, you know, we always want to be on them inside positions for the mid, for the sorry, for the Saturdays, yep. but it can cause us a detriment because that turn is tighter, which is, it means it's harder to make ground. So before we let you go, Chris, you just touched on the Bunbury meetings. So for those listeners who aren't aware, the Bunbury uh, redevelopment is hopefully progressing after their final meeting on the 7th of April. That means the track is going to get torn up and um, rebuilt and um, I think it's going to be an 18 months, two year process, something like that. So what does that mean for, for Perth Racing? Yeah, look, as I said, we, we aren't in the loop uh, 100% on that at this stage. Obviously, yeah. we see receive a little bit of information that tells us, you know, can we help them out if it's needed? So um, I think they hold about 20 meetings down there and I would see uh, that there would be an overlap of, of Ascot and, and Belmont at the Ascot end of this. and Belmont, yep. yeah. at the end of the, you know, over the Christmas period, um, next year, but obviously that's up to Rara and their powers to be to make them decisions. But you know um, they have gave us the heads up that you know let's be ready for it just in case. And you know Rara do a good job of keeping us in the loop when we need to. So, so we'll they'll be with them. they'll be Bunbury Turf Club at Ascot or Bunbury Turf Club at Belmont. Yeah, type meetings. Yes, yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah. And and look, and that's that'll be up to Rara how they how they work that out. And I suppose Pinjara as well with the with the um, second turn yep. um we'll, might take some of the meetings they definitely role, will yep. yeah they definitely will so. okay well always a pleasure having uh chris nation here on the one one you're welcome back anytime chris and, not wearing uh, his hat though he isn't wearing his a little bit hat. flat yeah a little bit flat about that i've got to look after it i've got to keep it new <laughs> <laughs> i have a couple good of excuse. them actually they come out at good times yeah <laughs> just fancy no, good, just fancy you dinners can, you can see how rotten this one is so. <laughs> i do go through them quickly so but uh, no, no, I appreciate it, boys, and I appreciate the chat. I always appreciate you coming on, Chris. And good to see you, Marcus. Yeah. No, it's good to have you back in the West when he comes back. He always pops in and stays a night with me. So uh, he's a great Free accommodation. Who's going to say no? <laughs> he, he's a great <laughs> he, he looks after me better than hotels. <laughs> he gives you a couple of specials on the greys, does he? Yeah. He gives me the specials on the greys. <laughs> oh, does he? Uh, I don't mind a grey, but. Uh, Dig deep. Caracatta <laughs> 2019. Yeah, that, that was, was one. That was one of yours. Yeah, did one, you? Yeah, one yeah. of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Did that win a Caracatta, did it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You, you should be in the loop yeah. there. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Pierce boys actually come up and galloped on the grass on the Tuesday mm-hmm. leading into it, and the horse had been a, a, quite a hot horse, and its work here on that Tuesday was, uh, you know, when it was, when it was straightening for home, I was like, it was, I was sweating a little bit because it was, didn't have the clearest running, and then once it got mm. free, it, it put them away pretty easily. Jeez, I didn't Survive. expect a dig deep Caracatta reference. He said, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty happy with this. Oh, this I, is I, good I, stuff. Don't, don't, don't worry. I the first thing is I got off the plane and landed at the boys' joint, bet up. Bet up. Oh, and, there and, and, you go. Chris I like that. Did. <laughs> Smart man. But anyway, it's good to, good to have him back in the West and, uh, you know, he is a good man and gives a good vibe around and you know, he's got a big smile on his face, as you see, so he'll give some energy at a time when we need it, you know, getting the back end of the season. So it's good for everyone. So good to see you, mate. Thanks, mate. Now, Terry, we put out a teaser on Twitter last night, letting everyone know that Mark Olmos would be joining us today. And it's fair to say, it's just about our most liked post of all time on Twitter. So he's a very popular figure, is Mark Olmos, over on this on this side of uh, Australia, on the West Coast. Mark, how does it feel to be back in your home away from home, your second home? That's exactly how I'd call it in, in some respects. Primary home. No, I love it here. And uh, I don't think I've smiled this wide and this this deep for a very long time. It's so nice to be back here. And like we said at the top, at this beautiful spot, I, I, I just have such an attachment to this race course. It's not funny. And, and like I always say, I was only here for 18 months. But Is that all? Yeah, really? yeah wow. that, that's all. But um, the way 
the, the people are around here, not only you know, the people of race, the people of WA, just beautiful people, really warm, really welcoming, especially in the racing uh, fraternity, in particular around Ascot where I spent most of my time, uh, just so warm and so welcoming. I didn't know what to expect when I first rocked up. I was a nobody, still am a nobody, but nobody with not any any ties to WA or to racing. But, um, gee, I was, I was looked after by some wonderful people and it's um it's it's very i'm a pretty emotional bloke and it's very warming to the heart to to um to hear those nice words at the top for starters but also how everybody sort of welcomed me in when i came here so it's always a pleasure to come back here and i'm back again next month so we'll have to catch up then as well so, so you're a victorian victorian uh Got a job at Perth Racing. Yes. Moved to Western Australia. Yes. Stayed here for eighteen months in yep. your in your um, in your media role at, at Perth Racing, and um, you and um, Adam McGrath formed quite a dynamic duo combination, and um, along with uh, Gareth Hall as well. He yeah. was he was here at the time doing lots of media stuff, and there was a really good energy uh, um, around the promotion of West Australian thoroughbred horse racing at the time um across radio and you guys were on were on sky and sky central whatever mm. whatever it was um and then you abandoned us to go to work in sydney for for sky racing and uh so how long how long have you been with sky racing the sky racing channel for now so it's coming up uh a little over three and a half years now at sky so that's that's been a great ride and it wasn't a case of abandoning bj but <laughs> i would have loved to have stayed but it was more so of a they was, you more money well it was more so I, I couldn't say no to the opportunity yeah um at the time uh partner from over east as well just wanted to be closer to home so it all kind of married up and it was never on the radar until i did the sky academy over there in 2017 um and then you know I always think about Perth and look, as much as I, it was hard to leave and as much as I miss it, it was definitely the right decision to make at the time. Um, but uh, I still wish that I was able to spend more time here. Um, but look, I can come back just like this um, a bit more often now and in, enjoy it as a holiday like now. So um, yeah, 18 months there, then three and a half years now at Sky Racing, which I've loved. Um, it's It's a... It's a real, it's a thrill. It's just like coming here and meeting the trainers, you know. I meet guys, you meet guys like Trevor Andrews, Neville Parnham, um, and even even people like Steve Rowe that you see that'll bring a horse here when he had a few horses here at Ascot. Um, you know, I met some really wonderful people. Nick Cox was really good to me. Um, yeah, people in the industry, Grant Burns, etc. And um, then to be able to go to Sky and work with guys like Tony Brassel and even Andrew Martin, who's someone I really look up to, uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be able to meet all of these great people who know so much about racing, but also to learn off them. That's the, that's the other thing. Um, you know, everybody in racing, there are a lot out there and we all think we know a lot and we know everything, but that's the moment you've, uh, you've lost it. If you, if you do think that you know it all, because there's always something that come, comes up. We were just talking off air. Uh, the likes of the likes of Stu Shenton. There's a, a brilliant video that's been put up on Perth Racing Rewind. All of the old stories that that um, that circulate around about him are just unbelievable. And then to hear it from his own mouth the other the other week, I was watching it. Um, I just love I love the history. I love the romance about racing. Um, and WA has a very very unique um, place in Australian racing. 
I know your roles changed. So <clears throat> you were very visible here in Western Australia, on course, doing mounting yard stuff, uh, interviews. It seemed like you were having an absolute blast, right? So, and then you get, which you go to the Sky Academy and then you get offered that that pretty cool gig working for Sky Racing. I mean, I imagine you've grown up watching Racing Retro and Sky Racing your whole life or something. Yeah, That's I'm, exactly it, BJ. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing mm. this, you know, this is like, I'm actually doing this. And then you get there and then you're in studio, you're, you're a thoroughbred guy, but you're doing having to do dogs, trots and, and it's- you International, got to, international yeah, You've got yeah. to cross everything and you're sort of a little bit removed from the the coalface of, mm. of racing. So has that taken some adjusting to and how do you, because you've you're got a big personality and you obviously you like people, how do you go about getting that fulfillment via a studio how do you how do you get yourself out there get, to be able to connect with the, the people on the east coast well well for starters uh, inside french's forest um where i was based and now I'm based in melbourne amazing people mm. amazing people that are so passionate about racing and love racing and love putting the content together love talking about the punt love talking about um this jockey's not riding that horse this weekend or what's going on there and oh did you see Blake Shin's just come into the studio or you know, um, Lizzie, Lizzie tipped a 50 to 1 winner yesterday, which happens pretty much nearly every other week. Yeah, she's good. Um, she, she's one of the best. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, what, that's what really keeps, I guess, the fire stoked. And we, we, we really feed off each other's energy. It's different being in the studio, though, like you say, um, and having to, to learn about different racing, um, learning how to read different form guides, but it's all part of the learning process which I really enjoyed, and even the international stint, um, working Friday nights, 11 p.m. to yep. 4 a.m., um, <laughs> well, which kind of worked out well, especially for the Perth audience. You know? Plenty, if, if, it was, if it was a call-in show, that shift, uh, we would have had a lot of fun, with, especially the people from WA. You, uh, you kept plenty of Desperates company on, that <laughs> yeah. late on a Friday night, I think, Mark. So. But also on Saturday night, uh, so I did those for, for – probably about five, six months straight. And to be fair, I loved it because the educational experience around international racing was unreal. And it actually grew another love of mine, which is Northern Hemisphere racing, mainly UK, France and, and Ireland. Uh, that racing is extremely special. And if you get an opportunity to read a book, I'm not a big reader, but I managed to read a book called Horse Trader. It's basically about uh, Robert Sankster and the dynasty he created with Coolmore. And uh, some of the, again, the stories phenomenal, and they all tie into today. When you see Coolmore buy horses for, you know, X million amount of dollars, um, so I, I really did gain a, a massive um, respect for for racing that side of the world, but also the stories that go with it, um, and how they can be connected to our racing, which quite often they can be because we see all those like Cross Count, for, for instance, Cross Count is a horse that I identified out of um, Goodwood, I think he won the Volta during track record time. And Charlie said straight after the race, we're going to the Melbourne Cup. Mm. And he just fit the profile. And I wasn't the only one who found him. Don't worry about that. Um, but he came over and won a Melbourne Cup. But um, it was deeply educational. Really enjoyed that. But it's not the same as being out on track. That's one thing that when I got there, I was questioning if I'd done the right thing because love WA, love the people, love being on track. And yeah, form and finding a win is great, but it's everything else that goes with it. Mm. And that was tricky. And now I've got this opportunity with doing Greyhounds, which I've really loved to be in amongst people. Uh, it's a, it's another different different industry completely, but with just as passionate people and just as passionate um, to talk to you and come up and have a chat because someone's taking an interest in what they're doing. 
and, and the dogs that they have. It's a bit like here when I first started at Perth Racing. Not to say that the guys that were here beforehand didn't do this, but somebody rock up to track work just on a, on a gallop morning on Tuesday, say, and you ask them a question, they loved it. You yeah. know, even, even a guy like Neville Parnham was like, what are you doing here? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. just come to have a look at those. All right. Oh, we haven't had that in a while. Okay, it's just a, it's just a raggedy old sort of Tuesday morning in June, and they they loved it. So um, to see for them to see someone take an interest, I think they appreciated as well. Um, and I do miss that side of things, but I'm glad I get to do that a bit more now with the with the dogs, um, because yeah, there are pretty some pretty phenomenal stories out there as well. You got to be up for it too, don't you? When you when you roll like that, so you got to have that thirst for you have for that sure. interest of. Oh, I'm a thoroughbred guy. Do I really want to like get? Do I really want to go into the woods with this stuff? But yep. you got to have the right attitude, don't you? you know? For sure. So. But but also, it's another opportunity to yeah. learn. Yeah. And um and those those I wouldn't call them skills, but the like, nuances you nearly pick up between dogs and and gallops, you can certainly find similarities, and you can bring them across. And with what we do, especially in trying to promote dogs, a lot of people, for a lot of people, a lot of punters, it's gallops first. Yeah, but. I guess part of my job is that's a target audience to bring into greyhounds. Mm. Cheaper to own, easier to own, they go around every week um, and you can pun on them and you've got a result like that and, uh, you know, there are some people that like no jockeys. Pile, <laughs> no jockeys. There are some punters that just like piling into odds on you. So, um, no, yeah. there's, there's, I really enjoy that side of things too. So you were in Sydney during the, the COVID Yes. Uh, I guess the COVID era, which is, I guess, still going, but yep. at the moment it's uh, on the downturn. But you're back, you said you're back in Melbourne now. Yep. What's Melbourne like um, after everything they've gone through over the last 12 months or so? And uh, how's your, how's your, how'd your family yep. hold up? And um, yeah, how are you finding adjusting life back to, to Melbourne? You're at exactly the right time because footy season's upon us. Absolutely. It's off tonight. Absolutely. Um, Who do you support? Uh, St Kilda. Oh, yeah, it's not, it's, uh, but that, you resign yourself to a, a life of mediocrity like, like, all good like you know sweet and thankfully i'm a storm supporter as well so that was good to get back to round one for that um you, you, game. you just it's just a resilience thing isn't it when you're a yeah, supporter oh, of you know? course we can't all be blessed like west coast supporters <laughs> it's actually funny i was thinking about you two gents um when when um when you guys asked me to come on and the last time well one of the last times i saw terry was uh, under very emotional circumstances around Karakata and Dig Deep. And the last time I saw you, BJ, was in Melbourne. Also pretty emotional times because we all love our sport. Um, it was Manicato night, I think it was, or Moya night. And Chautauqua just didn't, go. didn't jump out of the barriers for the last time. Yeah. And the West Coast Eagles won the flag the next day. Very yes, emotional circumstances right. that I saw you both last. But um, look, back to the question. Um, Sydney, I was very lucky because we were in lockdown for not too long. Um, in terms of, you know, the worst thing that, that happened for us is that we had to take off a bit of annual leave, which was which was fine. You know, a lot of other people were affected. I was lucky enough to use some of my leave to go back to Melbourne before their second lockdown. Uh, but my family, they, they, they were fine through it, pretty resilient people. Um, there are a lot of others that did it extremely tough, but the people of Melbourne have done it really, really tough compared to us yes. in Sydney. We were lucky we weren't in it for too long. And same with you guys over here in Perth. It's been managed so well. But um, no, look, family and all that are well, but the vibe's very positive. Like you say as well, BJ, um, sport and racing, it, it's, yeah, people, you know, physical health first, yes, but the mental... Um, the mental effect it did have on a lot of people. It, it's it's coming back around now, but um, yeah, being back in Melbourne, it's cold, 
but there's definitely a sense of um, positivity in the air, especially as we move out of this pandemic. Very good. So no doubt, Mark, in your in your role with Sky with the Sky Racing Network, you're across everything that's going on. Try uh, to be. There's a lot, especially when it comes to West Australia. I always love listening to you and you throwing your. Uh, little West Australian racing, um, little tidbits of information, which uh, I think I reckon you could tell us to an Eskimo. Yeah. Some, of, some of the uh, <laughs> some of the stuff, yeah, some of the tips you come up with on uh, different codes, different hemispheres, and anything, di- and different little bits and pieces about some of personality. Yeah, must yeah, know a bit about this. Yeah. And I think some of your co-hosts are like, "What's this yeah. guy talking about?" <laughs> but, but that's what I, that's what I love, and and that's what probably some of the some of the audience probably think what's spoke on about. But yeah. for me, it's the tidbits, and yeah. you can always relate it back to something. Yeah. that that'll be a selling point. So um, yeah, look, if we can if we can find someone a winner, that's our job, you know. And I've noticed that you've been working on your calling skills a little bit. Uh, Sometimes yeah. we're forced to, BJ. <laughs> Sometimes we are forced well, to. I actually you thought you, you weren't too bad the other day. What was that? It was race one on can, uh, last Wednesday? Can you? Just, is that like a a complete moment of fear when there's the line is dead, and then all of a sudden, Mark? Almost has to step up to the plate to call one. What's that moment like? Because I would, it's I don't a free know, hit, sure. I don't know how, I don't know how I'd be able to handle that. No, I like Derek. Like you love it. You're not meant to do it, so well, it's I, a free hit. But that's, still, you're like, it, you know, there must be a moment of hesitation. Even like, the first time, time, thirty seconds of a race, it was descriptive. Like you, right. uh, you mentioned the sire of one of the runners in the yeah. running. Yeah. You're just. Yeah. Uh, if you yeah. if you if you yeah if you're trying to fill in for me, it, anytime I'm trying to fill in, it's about breeding usually. So um, no, look, first time I remember thinking, whoa, what's nah, and because it often when you when you start a lot of sky two shifts and a lot of Fontaine blurs and um, and and uh, Val Val or, or Galve in Sweden or, or even Norway. And you're thinking, oh, like I'm cooked here, but um, now, now when it happens, it's kind of like bring it on. Like yeah. this, this will be a good bit of fun. Like yeah. Terry said, it's a free hit. Yeah, yeah. And I've been lucky enough that I've listened to plenty of monologue and epilogue of Andrew Martin, where yeah, you can yeah, kind of yeah. turn it on a bit, yeah. and you can you can uh, you can sort of make it into your own. And um, same thing, spending a bit. Of, I've been lucky to spend time around guys like Mark McNamara as well. Um, and yeah, I, I remember talking to Mark about, and he said. Just he said he said always just do your best. Yeah. Um, yeah. He said you're not meant to be calling the race. So always just do your best. But he also loves. He used to say to them, "Now don't go to the don't go to the Perry Bar dogs. I'm going to call this one from the studio." And it, and he was magnificent, just mm. off the cuff. Yeah, it's only six dogs, but he was brilliant. But no, I love it. Bring it like bring it on now when it happens. It's like okay, let's do this. I kind of get disappointed when they go, "Oh, we've got the line back." Oh, <laughs> righto, back out to Fred Hastings at an angle. <laughs> I could imagine you'd have some. You have to juggle a lot of uh, technical difficulties throughout the day. That would be quite, quite you know, an experience. A day at the studio for Sky the, Racing would well, be. When very you think about how many outlets we have yeah. and how many tracks we go to, um, especially some of them in far flung places, uh, yeah, the the uh, the technical, um, I guess, delivery sometimes fails. Speaking of far flung places. Minganu Cup. Oh. Minganu mm. made it to uh, Sky Blue, Sky 2 yeah. last Saturday. You only see half the races. Though, and some, they, and uh, someone apparently likes boobies. Yeah, <laughs> that was brilliant. The, the, if you haven't seen it, the scoreboard at uh, the football oh, club me. scoreboard in the middle of the <laughs> Minganu race course had a, um, yeah, like a, a boobies for life type. A calculator, uh, calculator style of calculator style I like boobies. Gag. Uh, primary school gag they, yeah. they loved it but um that was uh that was very humorous and um pretty sure that was terry found the winner of the cup too didn't you 
Well, it wasn't, oh. a, it wasn't a fancy Oof. price, but uh, the money came the previous start at Ascot, didn't it? Played yep. a fifth. Oh, not Ascot. Where were we? Bunbury. Bunbury. Yep. Uh, Bunbury. It was a fairly big uh, big effort. So, now, otherwise, it would have been a pretty blank old day at uh, Minju. It was the first time Minju's been entered in my spreadsheet, though. So, it was a pretty exciting day. For all what, what's, the, what, what's the code? Uh, MNG, MING. That's what you wanted to hear, isn't it? So, while Minganu Cup was the. The highlight for some. Mm. It was All Star Mile Day mm. last Saturday, and unfortunately for West Australia and um, and our uh, our superstar Mara Katie Queen, she was scratched on the morning of the race with some heel feet slash feet issues, and in what was an extreme extremely emotional day for Bob and Sandra Peters and the Cerise uh, and White Powerhouse Cerise and White operation. Not only did they um, did Arcadia Queen get scratched on the morning of a five million dollar race? We um, we were very saddened to hear that Truly Great was found uh, dead in his paddock um, due to a suspected snake bite. So that um, that was a real kick in the guts for Peter's investments and for WA Racing as as a whole. Um, and then um, just it's a funny old game, isn't it? Like the you have that sort of disappointment, and then um, they come to the races and. Western Empire bolts in in the in the Roberts and he looks to have the Mel Vista stakes and then the WATC Derby at his mercy moving forward and pure devotion. She ran a, uh, a slashing Oaks trial when second to Slayer in the in the Natasha. So while that those two performances will never um, cover for the loss of a horse like Truly Great and the disappointment of you know the favourite in a five million dollar race getting scratched on like it's. It, the great game. It, it, where, where, where do you encounter that sort of stuff? You know, and, and truly great. Get, without going too much off topic, guys. Um, he had greater races at his mercy. Oh, 100%. Um, that that Perth Cup is well. I think was one for the ages. Mm. Call was brilliant. Um, you know, some people not the right of W Pike, but he was kind of forced there at a circumstance and. Oh, what a, what a jewel up the straight. And, and you know, like, I think that's probably the fondest memory we'll have of truly great. I mean, I know he won a group one yeah. at $18, but, um, yeah, no, I, I would have loved to have um, heard of Chris Parnham's reaction to the news too because it's a special horse to him as well. Um, terrible news and, and Arcadia Queen, the, that was that was pretty uh, – that was more – more bemusing than anything. Um, but thankfully they did find something wrong with her because Bob was Bob was at his wit's end. But, uh, yeah, it's it's funny. Um, and, and the other thing about Bob is that people will say, oh, you know, he's got plenty more. Yeah. He's had plenty of good ones and he's got plenty of good ones coming through. Not the point. Mm. They, um, they he's, not, he's not immune to, to – to Emotion. To, oh, and also to the – the ups and downs of racing, of you know, course. like he, he, we wouldn't know the half of the the, the horses that he loses or, or along the way, or setbacks or or whatever, you know, thousand percent, yeah. BJ, yeah. especially in the breeding game, yeah, you know, it's not, it's not not every mare gets served and yeah. then comes in foal and then they fall down a treat, like yeah. that's it's not as big a percentage as what we think. So uh, Bob would have Bob would have pretty much seen it all, but uh, he'd still be going through it all too. Yeah, and it's just it just continues a bit of a frustrating run of for Arcadia Queen in grand finals. I mean, like nothing went right for her when she was set for the Everest and the Golden Eagle, where she was with Chris Waller. Everything went wrong in the Cox Plate last year. It was just one of those races where everything just yeah, as I said, it was just it was a bit of a um, she was a bit of a tragedy beating to be honest. And then the Everest and then though, the, and then in still the, I'm still yeah, that still bewilders me the Everest. But yeah. anyway, and then uh, then the why they went there. Oh, just mm. anyway. 
Another, another day. Another, oh, another day. Another day. That Next might be a, that, actually that might be a podcast on its own, Mike. You can, you can join us for that special special edition of uh, of um, of we'll, that. We'll call so. it the mics off. <laughs> yeah. So um, so just touching base back locally, uh, we had the Roberts Derby lead up. We had the Natasha, which was the final Oaks lead up. Holy enchantment for mine. He was. I thought his run was really good behind Western Empire. However, is can we see a way where he can? He can actually make Western Empire sweat moving forward in these next couple of races. What are your thoughts, Terry? No, I wouldn't have thought so. Sean McGrady seemed to think so when he jumped off and they interviewed him post-race. Um, seemed to think that uh, in a couple of weeks it might be a different story. And I'm sure he's got improvements. Uh, he was he missed a run, Holy Enchantment, um, from memory. So there's probably going to be more improvement in him. But uh, no, just, just bad luck or uh, an unsound or very unhappy Western Empire on the day is the only thing that gets um, him beaten, I would say, at this stage of proceedings. Or one of the girls is is one out of the bag. We don't we don't know the uh, the ceiling with pure devotion. We don't know the ceiling with pure uh, pure temptation. Who won well yesterday mm-hmm. um, at Ascot either? But um, no, this looks his race, especially with W Pike likely to come back um, and take the mount. Not that Chris has done anything wrong. The the Twitter sphere lit up when uh, Salaya got uh, got got defeated in the uh, Ascot Thousand Guineas two starts ago, where it was all quiet on the Western Front on uh, on Saturday when she found the front and sort of cruised along quite leisurely up the tempo and uh, was able she turned to into a bit of a notorious figure or something. It's not really her fault. I, was, I mean, I was talking to Deck the other day, <laughs> one of the part owners, and he's, he's like, well, if, if you could have your chance to get out in front and wander him along, like, why wouldn't you? I got that's that's how it's a best Saturday, Saturday was a, was a gift though. It was a, it was a it was a gift, gift but yeah. I mean Lunar Impact and then we saw uh, Peter Nucky with Brave Angel sort of make a move mid race. Uh, Lucy quickened up just enough. It just was a really yeah. sharp ride from Lucy and um, obviously pure devotion. Kira might have left her run just a tick late there, I'd say. But um, no, I think you've got to ride your horse to its strength, and if a race allows you to do so. Unless, unless rules change, which I don't think is going to happen Te- uh, anytime te- soon. Tempo and, tactic, tempo and tactics are a hot topic over here in the West at the mm. moment. Yeah. And we just spoke a little just bit to Chris Nation about it. So. That. Just do your form on them. Yeah. Mm. There's no speed in the race and allow for a race with no speed. Don't back a horse that's going to be dead last. I back pure devotion, so I don't know how yeah, I'm back, possibly I talking back, at the moment. Well, I back pure devotion as well. The the thing the thing is is that um the the flip side to the Paddy Carberry inquiry is that um, you've got to – Encourage jockeys to show some initiative at times. Whereas, I don't yeah the Paddy Carberry that you, you can flip a coin and be on either side of that that argument as to the tactics on that day and the fact that um, there was five series and white runners in the race. However, we've got to also find a position where we empower jockeys to inject tempo into races, to make moves, to show initiative. If we sort of um, steward that out of the jockeys' room, then you know we can. We can turn, you know, things a bit dull, I, I believe. So there's got to be a balancing act between that. I think also as well in regards to stewarding, oh, I don't know how it's been over here, but they need to be approachable for connections and jockeys or, or trainers to be able to go to them and say, look, might try this. And then the punters to know and then the punters to be able to make a decision. It happens over here. It's just sporadic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be a, there was. I was just talking off air and this, this will sound so – 
Well, it just to me, it was so obvious. There was a race at Narragin last week, and I've already mentioned this to you blokes before, but uh, Lalo was the obvious leader. A horse called Lexton Gambler usually mm. settles midfield. Worst midfield comes into the race. Lalo got the drifts. Lexton Gambler's backed off the map. They took a hold of Lalo to go back. Lexton Gambler goes forward. Nothing said to the stewards. No tactics mm. are questioned. And then they, they questioned someone like Kira Yule last week, who she was probably overly patient on pure devotion, but W Pike in those colours does that every single time, mm. you know? So, mm. And that's the ride they opt to question. It's more the... Uh, there, there's more obvious things, I think, which they're missing. But to me, it sometimes feels like the stewards over here are just... Hit and miss. Hit, hit and no, miss, they're I not hit and miss, but they're trying to be seen to be doing the right thing rather than actually doing the right thing. So, I don't know. I think injecting some punters on into the stewards room. I'm not even joking there either. I reckon injecting some punters into the stewards room. How do you think Jerry would look with a pork pie hat on, Mark? What do you reckon? <laughs> Different. <laughs> I can't see it happening, but... I can't I'm, see I'm it I mean, speaking of that, like... Race one yesterday was a was a prime example of where some question it was some questions needed to be asked. Uh, Mitchell Pateman and Luke Fernie both post race couldn't believe their their good fortune on icy red icy red and they, they even mentioned so in their comments post race where they just got it comfortable enough and as you said, Mitchy, nothing was taking him on so he's just like oh well, I'm just going to cruise along out in front and make it into a sprint mm-hmm. home and um, but yeah they're, they're the they're, you've, if you're going to be if you're going to be asking questions about Kiri Yule's ride on pure devotion for whatever, for her um, ride on Saturday, then there's there's other little things that probably need to be scooped up along the way as well. Yeah. So um, but uh, but congrats to everyone involved with Saleya. What a what a terrific filly she is. Mm-hmm. Darren McCall have said post race they're gonna he doesn't really uh, like her at the twenty four hundred, but they're gonna they have to, they have to, they're compelled to push on to an Oaks now. And, you know, she's going to be hard to beat regardless because she's just got such a high level of class and she's a bloody good filly. Now, speaking of impressive racing and Darren McAuliffe, um, well, trainer Darren McAuliffe kindly outlined the potential racing program for um, their superstar filly in clairvoyance. Did you see that, Terry? Yep. Okay, so we've got... And this is um, obviously clairvoyance owned by a friend of the podcast and OG mastermind, Travis Murray. Shout out to Travis. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, preparation we potentially have to look forward to for clairvoyance. So trial on Monday, then a 78 plus 1,100 metres on the 3rd of April, 78 plus 1,000 on the 17th of April. And then this is where we find out uh, about the, um, I guess, the bona fides of clairvoyance. Group 3 Northern Stakes, the 2nd of May, the Group 3 Roma Cup, 15th of May, and then the Group 3 Belmont Sprint stretching out to 1,400 metres on the 29th of May. So exciting times ahead. Oh, I love her back at Belmont too, just the mm. long straight um, where she just seemed, you know, like any long straight track, usually a big, nice sweeping turn that suits those that are somewhere near the front and just the way she strides at Belmont too. Well, yeah, she's exciting. And I love that Darren McAuliffe, put the word out over social media or, or, or yeah. with Julia and and just said, this is what we're planning. I just really appreciate that as a punter. I love it. I yeah. Love it. I mean, imagine if we got that for all of Bob's horses. <laughs> imagine if we got the spreadsheet for all of Bob's horses. What is futures betting a bit easier as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think Terry would, would love that when it mm. came to pure devotion just to make sure that she's definitely going, going to the Oaks. But I'm sure she will, Terry. So, yeah. Um, Pray for, pray for the guru. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pray hard too. Before we roll on to our Grandstand Cup Day preview at Ascot this Saturday, there's plenty still happening over on the East Coast, Mark, as you're, you are well aware, and especially from a WA Racing point of view. So beginning Friday night, tomorrow night with the Group 1 $500,000 William Reed Stakes under lights at Mooney Valley. Um, WA will not only be represented by 
Elite Street and Indian Pacific horses. Get this, we've got William Pike, Chris Parnham and brother Brad Parnham all riding in the feature as well. So um, William Pike will be partnering Masked Crusader, is it? Or yep. uh, Team Hawks, $9 chance. Um, Don't forget Portland Sky, BJ. And Portland, yeah, WA Breed. WA Breed. WA Breed, yeah. Portland Sky, of course. The dead heater with Celebrity Queen in the uh, Oakley Plate. So let's have a quick run through. Indian Pacific, of course, Brad Parnham. He'll be reuniting with him after his gallant second placing in the Newmarket Handicap. And Chris Parnham has been... I guess, um, parachuted in to team up with Special K, Kim Antari, who he rode to victory in the AJ Scahill Stakes right here at Ascot last December. So not only do we have horses to cheer for, we've got jockeys to cheer for, including expats, Damien Oliver, Damien Lane, and Mark Zara. So we're very well represented in that group one uh, tomorrow night. And then Pikey is uh, staying on board for Mornington, the standalone Mornington Cup Day program on Saturday. He has seven rides including very well-regarded Irish import Mount Popper. Do you know much about Mount Popper, Mark? Not a heck of a lot, yeah. no, no. Um, but obviously an exciting ride and obviously they're trying to uh, get that free ticket into the Caulfield Cup, which yeah. uh, looks extremely likely on his on his, uh, on his his statistics. He's a pretty lowly rated sort of horse coming over from France, but uh, yeah, he, he looks an exciting prospect already with a black type win under his belt and he, he beat a really – Good informed horse in Sacramento last time out. So. Is that Ranwick? That was a, yeah, yeah, Ranwick, yeah, yeah. I think I caught some of that. That was on Bunbury Cup Day while we were on the bus on the way down. Mont, Mont Popper got the result, and he's a $2.80 chance, $2.90 chance, <coughs> pardon me, in the 2400 metre Mornington Cup on Saturday. So Pike, he's, uh, he's a real hired gun these days, and I imagine we're going to see more of it moving forward. So I'm hoping he's back riding for the Oaks, to be honest with you, next Saturday. That'll be interesting to watch because Arcadia Queen could be going around Saturday week, couldn't she? Very much so. Yes, so that's correct, Terry. So she is a scratching from the George Ryder Stakes this at Rosehill this Saturday, but they're looking at running her in the Phillies and Mares race. It's called the Emancipation yeah. the following Saturday. And then the, I imagine that would be a quick backup into the Queen Elizabeth, 2,000 yeah, metres. Yeah, it, it seems as though that's what uh, Bob's doing now, that everything that's happened. But oh. it's not ideal, though, is it? It's not I, ideal. I, I, for me, it's just a massive red flag. Yeah. A big prep little... Uh, What's little, it worth? Isn't it worth a four million? Five, five I think. Oh, four, yeah. four, big, four or five million, Big yeah. dollars, isn't it? So... um. So yeah, let's uh, let's fingers crossed for RKD Queen and Pike is also before we go. Uh, Pike is also riding Don Bashut and Labor Rod for Sean and Jake Casey at Mornington on Saturday, and um, and now as a tribute to truly great horse that we're all three of us are tremendously fond of. He uh, he certainly had the horse racing world at his feet. Um, it's a real shame that we've lost him, but let's relive his crowning glory in last December's Group One Kingston Town Classic. 1,000 metres to go. Galo Chop slows them down. He gets a breather mid-race. About three quarters on too close. The Sun. Watch me dance. Getting a gun run. Taxagano covering ground. In the middle there. Beautifully placed. The other of the three-year-olds. Dom to shoot. Truly great around the outside. Being followed by Cup Knight. The fence. Uni time trapped out there. Very wide. Going up in front of Nerf Boss. Arctic Stream. KC Platoon. Missile launch. Then Inspirational Girl. And Trap for Fools is last. Inside the 550. 
Galo Chop will lead them for home. Too close to Sun. Within about three quarters of him on the home turn. Watch me dance with McGruddy healing her along. Coming into the corner. Also being asked the big question. Dom to shoot. Cup Knights on the rail. Down the outside. Truly great. Galo Chop with a kick. 250 to go. Galo Chop down the outside. Truly great though. He's quickly cut them down. Truly great. They headed past the 100. Truly great. Surges clear. Inspirational girl running home powerfully, but it's all in vain and truly great. Wins the Kingston Town Classic from Inspirational Girl. It's a Cerise and White Quinella. Okay, Jans, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Grandstand Cup Day. Do you like how I've made it Grandstand Cup Day and not one of the two-year-old events? I thought it would be Jim Crack. No, Grandstand Same Cup style. because our pin-up boy is in the, uh, yeah, is in the Grandstand. The pin-up girl's in the uh, Jim Crack. Oh, that's well. true. Yeah. Actually, my mistake, I forgot about her, but we'll, we'll touch on her in just a moment. So we are recording the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast. It is uh, at 2 p.m. on Thursday, the 18th of March. We have Pinjarra Racing today. It's been a tough start as well. Yeah, yeah. really? Yeah. Missed the first. I was on Lucy Manette, just got grabbed late. Oh. Yeah. If I go quiet at any stage during the preview, you know <laughs> why. <laughs> the, the, the only way is up. The only way is up, Guru. So uh, three meetings on Saturday. They are Ascot, which we're about to dive into. Geraldton. There's a Geraldton Saturday and mm. Pingrup Cup Day. Big Caroline. Top weight, 64 kilos. How old is she now? Oh. 27. She, uh, and it's, get this. Not that old, I don't think. She was the size. No, no. She sure. might have actually. She won a. Yeah. Or she ran. Might have run second in the side. For the Jadreskis. Well. Yeah. 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 She was a uh, swimmer, absolute yeah. swimmer. Big Caroline always found about five on a bog track. Terry, but, Terry uh, laid her on uh, bet for five hundred dollars. I didn't back that back either. <laughs> I let that stand for me twenty bucks in the, so, uh, in the Bunbury uh, Cup. But it's Big Caroline versus Senso in the Pingrup Cup. Oh. So it's going to be a Pingrup Cup for the ages on Saturday. Punch. What about is on that, the undercard? Why back in Perth? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, surprisingly enough, I never ever thought I'd say it, but I've got a horse that has gone around at Minganew and now at Pingrup in Shackleton. So, yeah, it's funny how these uh, $1.35 million lots end up at Minganew and then Pingrup. Going to have to string a fair uh, picket fence in a row at Pingrup to, not gonna uh, happen. to recoup the one35 Yeah, isn't yeah, it? not going to happen. Uh, well, good luck, Mark, with, yeah, uh, yeah. with, the, with the big shack yeah. at, uh, at Pingra. Cheers. On- now, best of luck to Darren Payman, who's yes, yeah, he's got him now. Yeah. Cup day at, um, uh, at Pingra on Saturday. I'm, I'm sure everyone, the town will be getting around that. So the weekend finishes up in the southwest with a Bunbury race meeting this Sunday. Yes, and stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels, WA Racing Mastermind and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competitions. So, yes, if you'd like to, before we get started on our, um, our preview, you'd like to read my pre-markets preview, the leg up, jump on to bestbets.com.au and or the Ozrace website. Uh, leg up was out 7 a.m. this morning, as always. Terry and Daniel Cripps, the masterminds behind the Wild West video preview, which has already been recorded. Mm. And, Mixing um, it up to suit Mark. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, for the, a high-profile guests, of course. Oh, please. Uh, we, we moved uh, our people spoke to his people, and we were able to to, to get him on, which was fantastic. So um, the Wild West video preview available on the Betfair Hub. That's betfair.com.au. 
Yes, uh, also the one one is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And not forgetting our rising stars punting challenge. BJ finished up last week, uh, featuring Riley Dot Morgan, <laughs> Latham Wainsworth Anderson, and uh, and Tommy the Weatherman Johnston. Um, Tommy Tommy got on the board late. I don't know if you had been following it at all on Twitter, Mark, but uh, Tommy wanted to beat his mate Riley. And they both had a, a tough time. They were consistent, right? Um, consistently um, not backing any winners throughout. <laughs> so uh, Tommy's had one place on Western Empire, uh, just so he finished a, a buck in front of his mates. Well but, um, yeah, well, yeah, that's how some people would go about it. I saw it as a cheap, uh, a cheap thrill <laughs> for Tommy. But uh, well done to Latham Anderson who uh, who got the job done convincingly. Uh, I think the the win that stood out for him was the win on Eurasia when it knocked off Tambora. Pixie chicks as well. Pixie chicks as well. Yeah. So, so uh, the lads were pretty stiff throughout, and I highly recommend some of the stuff that the three of them throw up on Twitter, all three rising guns in the game. I, I jump on, um, don't have the handles in front of me, but look up Riley Morgan, Latham Anderson, and Tommy Johnston. Give them a follow on Twitter, because some of their stuff is elite, and you will win more money than you lose following those three lads. But um, well done to Latham Anderson, our uh, rising star winner. So just a, just a point of order. Yes. So Tom Johnson had a dollar a place mm. on Western Empire, which paid a dollar twelve <laughs> on the Betfair SP. So that's pretty good shopping, really. So isn't it? it is. It's actually quite, <laughs> quite good. So he's uh, he's finished a dollar twelve ahead of Riley Morgan. Um, but at least Riley Lath- gets to keep his um, self respect. Yeah. So Latham uh, what it's worth. Latham won by um, <laughs> by panels, but. Um, <laughs> Do we need to lodge a steward's protest against the Second Tom Johnston's third. tactics and just uh, and just maybe do some relegation here and uh, and push him back down the order? Or, or do, you, th- or do day, you think it's all above board? Who ran second to dig deep in the Karakata? Exactly right. You can't remember. Nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody remembers who ran second. How's that? And then we don't win dad two-year-old this season. Yeah. Bullshit. I think Mark might have even voted on that, actually. Did you vote no, on that? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Oh, absolutely not. What to say? Tin <laughs> snip, 80 to 1. Hey. I think Tinsley might be back as a horse as well, actually. <laughs> might be. Yeah. Might be. So, But um, also, Latham um, came a long way to join us on the show last week. Good young lad. Uh, puts all his tips up on uh, Twitter, as Terry mm-hmm. alluded Good to. accountability from the um, Terrific young guy with a great eye for finding when he's very natural. Tommy just starts his spreadsheet again if he starts losing. <laughs> so, very natural, uh, Latham. Hey, the and, only one. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a few that fall into that category. Um, so, yeah, thanks again, Latham, for coming on the show last week, and yeah, we thoroughly enjoyed spending a couple of hours with you talking West Australian racing. Good that, man. That, that $1 each way Western Empire, that's a bit no, like – just place. Oh, just a place. Yeah, no, nothing it's, it's a bit like It's a bit like when the – the black ball's behind the line and you can't play back and you've, you know, you put it in the pocket so your mates have got to play <laughs> yeah. up and then back and try to hit it. That's <laughs> what it is. Yes, That's yes. one of my favourite moves, actually, on the pool table. Yeah. So now I'm querying uh, Ping and Tommy now. <laughs> tactics, tactics. All right, man, let's get cracking on our Grandstand Cup preview. We spoke to our track man. If, if you're just joining us for the preview, we did have a quick chat to... Ascot track manager, Ascot and Belmont track manager, Chris Nation. He um, spoke about some of the rail moves, some of the uh, the way that the track played last week and what we're hoping for at the seven metres this week. Terry, it's going to be another hot day. High 30s, I think, on Saturday. Uh, more easterlies as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, on speed. 
Yeah, it should very, uh, very much be on speed, I'd suggest. The weather, the wind is not as strong as last week, and uh, it was really interesting talking to Chris Nation earlier, telling us that uh, he did expect on a fresh pad that the rail was going to play nice, and it was very obvious as well. Even horses, sort of a few back the fence, were, um, were making better ground than horses wider compared to SP Profile, what they should have been doing, etc., etc. But uh, I think you're a brave man this week, hopping into anything with too much passion that's going to settle rearward, unless you're getting a very very suitable speed map. Very good. Okay, so before we start on race one, the Crown Perth Westby Platinum Handicap, for those of you who are just joining in the preview as well, we uh, it's Terry, myself, and of course, one of West Australia's adopted sons, Mark Olmos, is here. I'm here along for the ride here to listen to you guys. And uh, so, yes, um, Terry, BJ, and Mark Olmos, and uh, we're about to get cracking. Terry? Race one at 12, 11 p.m. on Saturday the 20th of March is the Crown Perth Westspeed Platinum Handicap. We have just the eight runners to face the starter at the at the moment, but it looks like it's a race in three between numbers one, Scooter's Machine, two, Bruce Almighty, and three, Pleto. I imagine most people will be shuffling the decks to put them in a, to a particular order and, of course, um, pricing them accordingly. Terry... Which way did you land? Yeah, well, the market has made things difficult mm. for me. Um, I The map looks pretty straightforward. Lots of these uh, don't jump at all. Patila Femme, Wednesday, Classic Rogue, uh, Black Comet, all horses that I think will probably shuffle back. So it should be Scooter's Fence, Bruce in the, uh, in the Breeze. The key to this race, BJ, and everything about this race is what Belafonte Boy does. If yeah. Belafonte Boy begins well and grabs the back of Scooter's machine, probably means Pleto's three back the fence uh, on the back of a slow one. Makes things difficult with the easterly. If Pleto can kick up and hold the back of Scooter's machine, it's probably lights out and Pleto wins. Mm-hmm. I reckon it's a pretty simple race in that sense. Pretty happy taking on Bruce Almighty, so I'm going to narrow it down to a two-horse race. And um, Look, I, I wanted to be on Pleto. I thought Pleto would be one of my best of the day, but $1.95, that's... Oof. That is madness, BJ. Uh, the value is with Scooter's Machine at the moment, but um, Plato's the tip. How's that? Wow. I just, I just did a bit of a uh, uh, just a refresh mm. there, and I wasn't aware that it was uh, a bit of shades of odds on now. Well, it's funny. If you look at Brad. So Brad went up this morning. We usually pick on Brad Betts Markets uh, first thing. He's actually um, – He's hold, a, holding firm at 2.30 at the moment. Yeah, they're still, they're, they're still got the uh, – yeah, they've still got the uh, the shields up there, but um, he probably got the market more accurate, I think, than um, than the current market. So, look, at the moment, Scooter's Machine is is the value, but, um, yeah, if Pleto are priced late, you can consider, but at this stage, no major interest. Yeah, Pleto, stiff two back, uh, probably should have won at Bunbury last start. Cocky Joy got the gap, darted through one, Pleto launched late. Cocky Joy's then come out and run third behind. Stiff two. Tycoon Storm and Laurentino last Saturday and probably should have won. So the form's there. Terry is correct. Start is all important if Brad Wheeler can get her to bounce, hold leaders back. Whether Is there a chance Bruce Almighty can cross scooters? No. Nah. No chance? Oh, there is. There's always a chance. Yeah. But um, no, I think they'll both be aware of their position in this race. Yeah. And sometimes if the two leaders know what's going on, they know they can control it. Yeah. Um, so I don't think Bruce, Bruce Almighty, I don't think, can win from outside leader. And no. I took him on at my peril last Saturday. And it was, Even if I was Bruce crosses and yep. Scooters gets to the breeze, I still think Scooters beats Bruce. That it's, probably suits Plato more. It's a different race too, isn't it? Because yep. because Bruce isn't able to dictate and kick. He's got Scooters sort of serving it up to him throughout. Yeah. Exactly so, right. Mark. No, not a race I'm overly keen on, gents. I've been um, – most people know me. I'm pretty much an each way, one by two, one by three sort of a punter because I just don't like 
backing favourites. But oh, we love um, a bit of value. But, I mean, but, um, see, that's that's another word that ekes me a bit. Value because let's um, discuss it. Well, maybe, maybe for another day. But with Petite Lafemme, she's one that I just would love to see bounce and be up there because mm. she's a little tiny thing. And, and I don't know how this rate. You guys have obviously mapped this race out, but. You think there's a chance, Terry, potentially that Petite Lafemme, they all clump up and she sits three deep with a bit of cover and there's no, a blanket no. over them on turning and then she comes around them and tries a little hard out and then gives up at the 100? We'll need to see a, <laughs> uh, a cold fence. I think there's a maiden calling Petite Lafemme yeah, sometimes yeah, shortly. Yeah. I'm not sure why they're attacking these type of races. They might be working on the Maddie Pritis theory where she plays at the same level no matter if she's in a maiden Wish, yeah, uh, yeah. Pingra, yep. or if she's um, if she's in a group one. But, Maybe uh, it's a weight thing. I don't know. Mm. Oh, well, she'd carry. She'd only get 56 and a half in her. In a, uh, Who knows? in a maiden as well. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I can't. It's her, her last two runs have been uh, that of a horse that is definitely not maiden class, though. Mm. But uh, nah, just with the, the class animals drawing lead, breeze real softly, and then Pleto the horse that's going to strike late, I, I find it hard to make a case for anything else. Can you make a case for Wednesday, soft as anything, and then <sighs> – I'll tell you what, I was on first up. We yeah, were, I we can were imagine. four bucks into 260. Yep. And, uh, gee whiz, we were a little bit stiff <laughs> yep. first up. Yep. I, I, yeah, I just think, think some of those horses are just going to be too Obviously. far – too, yeah. so, uh, too far off uh, too far off horses with the closing speed and strength mm. so hopefully um, um, Brad can um, Brad Willer that is on Plato can uh, can get her out and even um, leaders back he should should be able to uh, find a way from there the price is pretty thin though isn't it um, that w- doesn't really interest me at, at the price I'm with Terry so the from a value point of view scooters machine is a, is a bet I had him. Second favourite, I think I had him at 4.20. He's currently 5.50 and um, and Plato, I was sort of hoping for high twos, but I um, missed that. Yeah, the item 260, 360, so mm. Plato on top, but uh, the value and the bet has to go to Scooters. Yeah, and uh, he, yeah, he's coming out of a race where he chased hard behind Charlton Eddy, so um, form lines there, but uh, surely this is the day for Plato. So looks- um, Brad Will is a big plus, big, big positive. Okay. How much can we add? Well, everything he's riding. He's coming to the track for one ride a day at the moment. Mm. They're all running far better than their SP. Even that one yesterday, uh, he rode a horse first up for Lindsay Smith off about four or 500 days. Go it alone, I think yeah. it might have been called. Yeah, it ran fourth. It's run fourth. Mm. I mean, on, on paper and on its trials, it couldn't it couldn't run anywhere. So horses are really going for him nicely at the moment. Thought he tried on Wild Fusion last week. It wasn't his best. Yeah, um, but besides that. that, I don't think he's ridden a bad race since returning from injury. That was, uh, that so was just tough. the one I was on, BJ. <laughs> tough watch <laughs> for the Wild Fusion people. But, I'm in a real um, whinging mood today. <laughs> race two is... Is the Neo Medals handicap contest for the three-year-olds? It's a handicap over uh, 1,400 meters. Got some uh, horses have got some decent weight here. We've got Magical Dream, Class Philly, Stakes winner. She won the Belgravia in October. She has 61.5, claiming uh, with Lacta Ramoli claiming two, and the very much informed Hot Zed has 60 kilos after he won with 59 kilos at. Bunbury last start. Mitch Papin gave the horse a good rap after the first yesterday, Hot said. I think he said it was a proper horse. Mm. So mm. Uh, that's um, – but, yeah, you can – you can pretty rare to see them win four in a row at any level. Mm. So for him just to – and the way that he did it with 59, though he got gifted lead and sort of conditions to suit on the day, he, um, he really put them away at, at Bunbury on Cup Day. Mark. Mm. Oh, uh, is there anything outside of the obvious that you've been able to um, – that's been able to tickle your fancy? Perhaps? No, obviously the, the weight swings and roundabouts. If you're into that, some are, some aren't. Indigo Blue kind of goes 
on top just from a price perspective. But uh, lead as well. Yeah, it. Um, yeah, I can't see the class fillies being beat here in Magical Dream and um, and Indigo Blue. I was really impressed with Standout Rose first up. Mm-hmm. I was on air for that one and um, just looked the price because from the start of it preparation, just looked like there was something there and it appears as though there might be something for Bruce Watkins to work with there. Whether she's up to beating Magical Dream and Indigo Blue here, I'm not sure. But uh, right for Kira as yeah, well. It is, it is. a big book for Kira, you as It well. is. And with That's Jason right. Whiting going the way of hot setter, yep. pretty much – speaks of hot Z's chances in regards to mm-hmm. standout roses chances so magical dream indigo blue just back and both both coming out of the the breeders classic one by kiss on all four cheeks on bunbury cup day terry you got hot Z leading uh, I think they'll be pretty aggressive on Indigo Blue. They've been happy to let Hot Z amble, even mm. when um, and when it's that three deep the trip. They've just been happy to sort of let it do its thing wherever it happens to land. But um, I think they'll be aware of the Eastleys in play the hotter day. I think no one will want to be too far back. We might see a little bit more aggression from Standout Rose as well. It's either first or last, you'd think, for Standout Rose. So well, this wasn't a race which screamed, let's have a bet, no. to be honest. I, I thought, want to I see thought, how all my money goes. I thought Kerman Rock might be a bit more positive, but he was a bit slow out the other day. So Yeah, he, he was. He, he, yeah. They can, they can change things up with him and and put him in a spot. But mm-hmm. um, but for me, it looks like Hot Zed finds the front unless Indigo Blue is desperate and uh, Alpha Omega holds leaders back and then the the one ones there up, up for grabs perhaps. So. Even if that does occur, they probably yeah. just pop off with um, Hot Zed and hop into the breeze. And, yeah, yeah, they'll just want him traveling fluently. First go at the fourteen hundred as well. Sixty but, kilos. Um, they probably don't want to be bottled up. Yep. Yeah, but you've got to respect a win of that ease, even though they walked. <laughs> you've got to respect a win of, of that uh, of that ilk. So. Well, his his late sectionals was good as anything and he led, led them up so uh gave more weight too um smart horse for me i sided with the philly magical dream she was coming off uh what was it seven weeks perhaps in the between runs in the breeders and um it, even though she's she's looks like she's been leaders back she's effectively had no cover throughout because island charm led and led fast and there was a big gap and um magical dream didn't have that smother that the peters horses actually really love and <clears throat> patty carby ducked back to the fence to get inside um island charm the leader on straightening and then um i just like the way that she even though kiss on all four cheeks was too too, too good for her on the day that she just kept at it and triple triple missile couldn't get past her and 40 over 1400 meters off off a setback off that break that was a just showed her class. So Lacta Ramoli, um, a valuable two kilos, could be all the difference on, on Saturday. It's pretty thin. Yeah, from what price is she, Terry? 270. She did go up a lot less. Hot Zed's the one that's been supported in early markets. Yeah, I was hoping, I was hoping for $3 magical dream, mm. but maybe late, bet fair. Um, Lacta Ramoli, can, if you can just get come out um, evenly, get some, get some cover uh, from gate three and not too far away from Hot Zed, this filly's got – she's got something about her. I think she's going to win better races. Her class might just be enough to to get her over the top, especially with just a nice smother peel kick type situation. Very good. Not a race I can get excited about. Won't be having a bet. First race in 12 years. You say that now, but I'll, I'll touch base with you oh, at, uh, at 12.50 on Saturday to see what I'll we're see on. something in the first which will inspire me about <laughs> a certain pattern or something, and here we go. It'll be the rest of the day. But Terry touched on something. There is – and Mark as well. There is a couple of horses on the way up here. All My Money looks like a nice horse. Now with the Pierce Brothers, 
won a slowly run maiden the other day, but she's a, a filly who's gonna who's gonna win her share of races. Uh, Blow me out comes out of uh, the breeders. Standout Rose, impressive midweek beat Miss Vasari, who probably should have should have won at Ascot or was a bit was a really good run at Ascot yesterday. So there's a bit happening here, but um, in terms of who's gonna win, I believe it's gonna be a magical dream to beat Hot Z and Alpha Omega Indigo Blue to to fight it out for uh, for third and fourth. All right, race three, the passages. Passages, Youth Engagement Hub, Passages Handicap. Over the 1,000 metres, um, this looks like a race where Mr. Olmos might be able to find some uh, oh. some value oh. or am I, am I just throwing you uh, this, this, uh, this reeks of Olmos, doesn't it? It Fair does. Thing. It just, it just, it's just stinks of it. Well, it's a, well, it's <laughs> it stinks of it. There's, um, I see Amosinus has come up favourite, which kind of isn't a surprise. Um Bozoom, Cox Plate Day. It was into, I think, every multi I had that day mm. and uh, give it strength that got up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's returning at an each-way price. Um, I don't know what Steve does from that draw, whether they decide to be positive. Don't know. But, uh, yeah, I've got more questions than answers in regards to this race. I've got to say I haven't done in-depth form, just a, a, a good look last night and on the on the plane this morning. Um, Secret Assault's still going around too, but, gee, he's... He's one of those horses that really runs a bad race and can oh, fill geez, a hole. I'll tell you, it was a run the other day. And he can fill a hole at a price. It was a run at Bunbury. He's dropping from a 78 plus mm. to a 60 mm. plus after running third or fourth, fourth to Gemma Sunbeat in <laughs> two and a half and drops a kilo. Wait, sat outside, sat outside Zebel and beat at home. Yeah. Incredible stuff. And we're talking about the what were you guys <laughs> calling it? Matt Pritis theory. Yeah, yeah. Matt Pritis theory. Similar, similar scene. I always used to love seeing Secret Assault over a thousand around here with a soft draw. You just knew he'd be poking away at the end. He just yeah. wants to be competitive, yeah. doesn't he? Doesn't want to win many, but he just wants to be competitive. So, yeah, there looks to be an absolute and abundance of speed in this race. Um, Old Bailey and Secret Assault are the obvious two with fifty-one and fifty-two kilos. Old Bailey and Secret Assault feels like a nine thirty at Narragin, doesn't it? Fair dinner. <laughs> Klondike Kenny. We're going to say we're at 9.30 p.m. on a Saturday night in Jingle Up. Um, was it called the Old Bailey? The Old Bailey, yeah. It was the Old Bailey, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of a crack of the Old Bailey back in the day. Um, Klondike Kenny has been going forward. Uh, Pink and Grey rolls forward. Ex Caro, Don's Legacy both have the speed on their day. I think they might both sit here. Um, but I think the, the two major, well, there's three major players in the market. It's a pretty even market. But uh, three, two of the major players are Requisition and Amasinus. They're both going to get a long way back. Uh, the way we're discussing the track and how it's going to be playing, I think I think we can probably look around them over the 1,000 metres at the current prices. And um, for that reason, BJ, I've, I've come up quite comfortably um, with She's Enchanted. Uh, first up was a mess. We, we backed a sort of 320 into about $1.90 and didn't get away smoothly. Never a happy horse. Happy just putting a line through that run. Um, second how, up, how, did, how did you handle that on the day? Well, well, yeah. handled it well. Yep, handled it well. Just like I'm handling my day at Pinjarra thus far. Not going well for all those playing at home. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's been a tough week. Um, second and third up, she drew wide. If you pause the race after 10, 20 metres on both occasions, she was in front. Correct. So I reckon she was pinging the lids again. Um, Jade and then Christy were forced to take holds. They rode her, both rode her fine on both occasions. She just didn't get the right. That's not how she's going to win races, I don't think, three wide line. Once with Amasinus on her back, um, and if they're going to sprint together from the 200, there's only one winner, and it's going to be Amasinus every day of the week. And on the other occasion, she sat deep with Jade, and um, she was really strong 
to the line in a, in a race where Grand Design has made that form look pretty good behind Universal Pleasure last week. So, look, she's enchanted. Pops just behind the speed. If she's quick enough, she can hold out Old Bailey here and potentially even lead them up. But um, to me, she looks as strong a mapped winner as you're uh, as you're going to see. And I think the five fifty six bucks is a, a gift mark. I have questions for both of you, gentlemen. This okay. ex Queenslander Heritage Sash, which hasn't trolled and does zero work in the run. Don't know where it gets to. Uh, also, Tycoon Legend bar plates on. The one thing I'll say about Sean Rains, uh, and I know little, very little about Sean Rains as a trainer, is he is bringing horses over from the east and they are winning first up consistently. In Geraldton. Uh, in Geraldton, yeah. yes, in Geraldton. But he's got a Jan Jimmy-like record of bringing tried horses across mm. and it's obviously far more difficult. But there is, on the same day, a fairly suitable race in Geraldton for this horse and he's decided to travel to town. So I reckon he might have a little opinion of uh, this bloke, but uh, this and is the I type of horse I'll take on. Brad must have a bit of opinion too. Open up $5. I think he's just a little bit, because uh, he doesn't have the data. So data. I think Brad's a little bit um, Kept gun it shy. I think he has to keep him safe in his defence. Hashtag defense. keep safe. Yeah. yeah, I think he has to keep him safe <laughs> in his defence. And Tycoon Legend, um, yeah, it'll probably be the one that knocks me off and I'll, I'll definitely sook if that occurs as Ooh. well. That's a very difficult horse to follow, but some of his runs last mm. prep. I mean, I remember he was a better run um, oh, a year ago, six months ago. I'm not sure exactly how long. He was a better run than Celebrity Queen. Um, yeah. Like yeah. comfortably a better run than Celebrity Queen. In a graduation. Day, so, yeah. yeah, he's just uh, – he doesn't win out of turn, though. Funny how it works out, doesn't it? Yeah. I always draw back to my at a canter beating Vega Magic. Do you remember that, Dave Belmont? No. Sorry, yeah. not my at a canter. One of Al, um, one of Al McAllister's my at a canters. Um, oh, I can't. Fi- I can't remember the name. Knocked off Vega Magic. Knocked off Vega Magic at uh, Belmont one day. Mm. Bel- uh, Vega Magic was first up. Br- oh, Brigant. No, what was it called? Brisanto, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Knocked off Vega Magic. It's yeah. funny how these things happen. We go back to the form guide and we see really good horse. We go, how did that get beat by that? Yeah, mm. I tell you what, Elite Street was probably the big one last campaign. Yeah. Fourth in a maiden at a dollar thirty, and then four <laughs> months later wins a group one. Might, yeah. might win a second one on Friday night. Yeah, I think everyone just forgets about the mighty Mirth and Music. Jeez, he's, yeah. he's, he's turned up that giant day. killer. Yeah. <laughs> And the two other horses are better, I'll tell you what, if Tycoon Legend rolls this Terry, because I'm very keen on Cheese Enchanted, if Tycoon Legend might have to be just a little nibble, just That's a it, touch yeah. late on. I'll be having at least a month off if Tycoon yeah. Legend knocks me off. Okay. <laughs> uh, Cheese Enchanted. can win though. That's the, yeah. That's the and thing. And Sean O'Donnell going yep. on. Yep. Oh, it could be anything. Um, I agree with everything Terry said. Cheese Enchanted was scratched today from Pinjara, her home track. Um, They've had to they've had to ride her the way that they have because they've I guess they're reluctant to cook her from outside outside gate. She does have gate speed. I reckon she could lead. She she could if they wanted to. I, I, Old I, Bailey's not that quick. They yeah. were, it was gifted the front last time out. One of the worst bit of one of the worst bits of tactical in one of the worst tactical displays I've ever seen at Narrage and a track where you want to lead and run and they just wanted to hand up on Snipperlicious desperately um, and give Old Bailey the top. So I don't just think Old Bailey's a, a real. It's just going to find the front because you see, it's not it's not that quick a horse necessarily. It's just the big. Hopefully, the big field creates a bit of pressure where jockeys just have to like burn a bit early to find a spot, which means that she's enchanted doesn't really have to burn much to hold a winning position. And from there, really, it's all about galloping room, I believe. And if she the and her she only got beat a long head by Amma Senes the other day. They sprinted. Together. Uh, they basically sprinted together, yeah. and I think. Th- 
who was third in that? That ended up being a good form reference, I believe. So I think uh, Holy Ghost. Divine Go- Beast. Divine Beast ran third, ran second yesterday. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is flying. Holy Ghost is flying. It was uh, it was a it was a, not a bad little midweeker actually. So she's enchanted. Gate two. Jade McNaught. This looks her race fourth up from a spell. And uh, um, we're all we know good. how good she is. You go back to the three year old form. Yeah. We've got Dreams Boom Tastic. Miss um, beat, beat Miss Frost in a graduation one. Beat day. Miss Frost. Yeah. yeah, and she was stiff in some of those as well. So yeah, yeah gee, she's the one with the upside. She's the one with the map, and I think she's going super. And I think she's jumping. Good, good so price too. Think, amazing. This is yeah. it's rare that you get one like this on a Saturday. So what, what have I done wrong here, Terry? You're with the price, man. I've got her mark three fifty. What were you? Three forty. Oof. All right. So yeah. It's uh she's a chips in job, I think, BJ. Let's get excited. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna pay for Mark's holiday on one foul swoop here. <laughs> how and just oh, Brett Pope. Wedding, Brett, I love the confidence. Brett Pope I don't again. know how I've got any confidence at the moment. Eh? Brett Pope again, last last Saturday he was good to us. Miss Marietta just got the job done. And uh just how good's Popey? I saw I said uh, on the Wild West earlier actually that it ran a it ended a run of about four hundred and ninety seven Brett Pope runners I've tipped yep. in a row without a winner. So he may as well uh, strike while the iron's hot. When he does pop up though, they're usually price and when they come up to town on occasion obviously. Yeah, uh, but I'll tell you what, if um She's enchanted, kicks clear, and then requisitions runs down. We might have a couple of words yeah. with, with Brett Pope post race. So. What if it's what if it's Kenny? He's ex ex Calabar. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. I'll tell you what. Turn Imagine Dennis that. Is, Dennis is getting a lot of uh, a lot of um, Brett Pope's discards to go a lot better. He's doing, he's doing well, a good job, so, Dennis yeah. Cooper. Yep, Mr. Cooper. Mm. All right. So she's enchanted. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Race four is the um, is the first of our features of the day. It's the Amelia Park Perth Stakes listed race for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings, eleven hundred meters, and it is the uh, the final male lead up, I guess, mm. until the half a million dollar Group Two Caracatta Plate on Saturday, April three. And we see the Caracatta current Caracatta Plate favorite. Is he still favorite? Equal. Equal favorite. Export man returns. Um, however. Looks like a bit of a map race, Terry. Um, mm. Small field of nine. The map will be, I imagine, be all important, but we'll have three races where we can gather some information as to how the track is playing, and that will be vital as to the uh, the chances of Export Man resuming. Yeah, I went into this thinking Export Man would probably be trading. Uh, trading. It would go up with all the corporates, probably low twos across the board. Uh, to see Export Man at the low threes, now that does surprise me a little bit. I... I I think everyone's got the same mindset as, as I did when I did this race, or let's get him beaten. But yep. um, they're probably trying to get him beaten to too big a degree at the moment. Um, his goal should lead. It's been, they've absolutely backed this Teddy Martinovich galloper at his last two. I think it was eights to 380 and 16s to 15 to 7. 15 to 7 last, last week. Seven, there yeah. you go. So they know they've got something under the uh, the bonnet here. He'll go forward lead. Storm Whisper will land in the breeze. Um, Storm Whisper isn't the quickest jumper, but musters nicely into it. Should find the breeze pretty comfortably. But it's a lot harder to sit in the breeze, especially as a youngster, than to go around a bend in which you've been educated on. So I'm always wary about um, a youngster hopping into the breeze for the first time. Export man's going to be back near last. Look what's between them. I mean, you've got a bunch of debutons, you've got Amelia's belief. I, sh- I think you've got some question marks in between them. So export man either is going to have to, Sean McGrady's going to have to give him a big head start or he's going to have to take off early. I think either way, it's, it's going to be a risky, BJ. Yeah, I agree. The only... And also this grand final in two weeks' time. So I don't expect uh, short like it's hundred and fifty thousand dollar race. So they'll want to win, no doubt. But the eye of the on the prize will be the Caracata play in two weeks' time. The only real thing that might uh, 
play in uh, Sean McGrady's favour here with Export Man is potentially featherweight landing three wide no cover, which could create a three wide line that he could hop hop onto. And I think featherweight's quite a nice horse. I yeah. thought he was quite brave in the supremacy stakes, led fast over the thousand metres, had to do a lot of work to cross to the rail, and then he was only really swamped in the last fifty to hundred metres. So um, I just don't know if I can't map featherweight crossing. He's gold. Storm I would have tipped Whisper. it if he drew a game. Yeah. Keen if he, uh, if he yeah. drew a game. Uh, so I think it's a, uh, he's a nice horse in the making, Featherweight. But if he ends up three wide, no cover, that could be Sean, Sean McGrady could be licking his lips. I think yeah. that's one way he can he can win. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, I, I think he, I think he's probably a bit of a risk on uh, on Saturday. Mark? You're going to be a bit of an export man while you're in uh, Western Australia, Mark? Be rude not yeah. to. Couple can of you, bushies. Can you gents explain to me the inverted wolf colours? Whose are those? Or that's are just, they the that's Wolves' just, camps? That's just how big he's getting these yeah, days, right. Mark. He needs, he needs two more, sets, more of, sets colours. of colours. <laughs> I noticed them and I thought, oh, they're actually quite decent. It's like the away strip for, for the footy. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the one thing that I look for um, in two-year-old racing guys is, well, prices firstly and then what can improve. So, yeah, Export Man, export man is there for good reason. Um you just want everything to go right for these two-year-olds, especially with a map and a gate and the rest of it. Uh, you look at, you know, he's put the runs on the board, but I remember, you know, you just get these horses that come out of, out of the ground. Like, I remember whacked out when I was here. You know, he missed the start, I think, on debut, and then he came out and won this all the way, um, the Perth Stakes. So, uh, Silent Impression's a really intriguing one uh, because you just know that if Luke's training... Winkers are on, probably get out of the, the barriers swiftly enough and has a nice soft draw. Storm Whisper, does it get caught out in no man's land? On the other side of what you said, Terry, with being a, a, a step slow away, um, he's had that 400-metre jump out. This baby's improved from week to week. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's learned a bit and maybe he comes out cleaner and heads them off comfortably. Um, and they, I'm just putting out all of the, the what-could-be's, right? Well, I mean, Oceanic, uh, Oceanic Rider led them up over mm. 1,200 metres on debut yep. against Older Maidens at yep. Bunbury. Dim- Diamond Blue can jump and be there. Amelia's Belief led a trial. So it's yeah, it's a funny old race, isn't yeah. it? it and, and even those horses, funny old race. those horses that, you know, might be better suited to that 1,200 metre trip. That's the other thing that kind of gets thrown out the window when thinking about these two-year-olds and these races. There's such a big difference between mm. if you want to throw in 900 in there over on the East Coast, but, you know, between 1,000, 1,100 and 1,200, just so much so much depends on tempo for them as well. Um, I just think I've, Export Man at the moment does look like a complete standout, but very excited to see how that first start a solid impression goes, as well as Featherweight for the Mortons. Um, Storm Whisper obviously looks to be quite handy and the stable's going well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a really tricky race, but Export Man and what he's done so far. I just think now we're cottoning on the last couple of years to that Magic Millions form. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget Lucy May going around for Shooter at $19 and she was just forgotten about. Yep. And now that's looking like a stronger and stronger form reference as we get close to the Karakata. So uh, a tough race, but yeah, like you say, Export Man, I don't think too many would have expected $3 plus about it. Looks a bettable price. Yeah, it does. I'm interested to hear your price will be, Jay, because I, I had him $2.95, right? That was, that was $3. Mine, but I said I could not possibly have him any longer. I could often shift prices around mm. as I, depending what type of mood I'm in. But uh, I, I thought I had him as long as possible to tr- sort of look for a better round him. But, um, yeah, v- very surprised that he's sort of looking at that price. I, I think the Eastley in play on the map is, is playing a major part. But in saying that, I, I can't find a bet there to try and get him beaten. So it's another race I'm probably going to sit out of.
Bernard. Uh, He's Gold and Storm Whisper are both under my prices. I had He's Gold, Storm Whisper, and Featherweight all marked equally, 550. Yeah. So Featherweight is the value from that point of view. I, and mm-hmm. I was Export Man, $3. So Export Man and Featherweight, I'm, uh, I had Export Man in the leg up on top to beat Featherweight, second pick. So they are the two, and they're both above uh, my prices at the moment. So mm-hmm. um, regardless of regardless of what happens, Export Man's going to go back, and if he's if he's good enough, he'll win. Otherwise, he'll be running on strongly into second and third and just put the riding on the wall for a uh, Karakata Plate Grand Final in two weeks, Tom. Did you guys say you had uh, He's Gold leading? I had He's Gold yeah, leading. He's gold. It's, it's a ping I'm, in the lids. I'm looking forward to seeing Mitchie take full advantage of the gate. and 55 and a half, he'll be riding without his left arm as well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. I've marked He's Gold four bucks, so that's that's probably my bet. Yep. This stage, Brad went up seven, so that was a little Ooh. bit of juice, but uh, that wasn't around for, for too long. But um, very interesting to see what this market does late, BJ. Okay, I think it'll a lot of it will depend on what happens in races one to three as well um, from a, yeah, a pattern point of view. We won't use the B word, pattern, all right? <laughs> Uh, it is now time for the WA Racing Mastermind. Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind. BJ. Thanks, Terry. That's okay. Second time lucky. I reckon Mark would have... I wasn't even looking. Mark would have been a, a WA Racing Mastermind oh. back in the day, for sure. Not a lot would have got past him, but... So... Any look- chance the bloke with the whipper snipper can uh, take a pause yeah. for a second? Yeah. Come on, buddy. He just heard us talking about uh, the B word. The so. B word. <laughs> So, uh, getting back to the Mundaring, it's been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in, see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor, say g'day, let him know you are a 1-1 listener. Congratulations to episode 67 WA Racing Mastermind winner, Michael McRodden, that's Mick McRodden. Mick actually came up to us at the uh, at the marquee on Bunbury Cup Day, Terry, yeah. and introduced himself and uh, his wife, Julie, and uh, had a good chat. He's a regular 1-1 listener, and he um, he was uh, lucky enough to get all four questions correct last week, and he's pocketed a $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring Hotel. Also, Guru, did you see Lachlan Dodge hitting up the Mundaring on Sunday wearing his 1-1 limited edition hat on Twitter. Whacked it on Twitter too. I did, I for, like that. For the faithful, good work. We appreciate that, Lachlan, and uh, hope you had a terrific time up there at the, uh, at the Mundaring. No doubt you will. They go, it goes off there on a Sunday, so especially out on uh, Butchie's big deck. So to be crowned this week's Mastermind winner, you'll need to answer the following four questions correctly. I've kept these recent so because I reckon, I reckon Mark might be able to uh, to play here. So um, let's see how we go. Question number one. David Harrison has trained two of the last three Perth Stakes winners. Gemma's son, of course, in 2020. Who was the 2018 winner trained by David Harrison? Ask the question again, sorry. I was doing the Pinjara form. David, question one. <laughs> question one. David Harrison has trained two of the last three Perth Stakes winners. Mm-hmm. Gemma's son last year, oh, 2020. Yeah. Who was the 2018 Perth Stakes winner trained by D. Harrison? Bridge paper. Bridge oh. Patrol Lodge. No, I've gone different. Yeah, I might have a different vintage. Mm. Question two. Wolf Dreams won the 2009. Perth Stakes, Wolf Dreams won mm-hmm. the 2009 Perth, Perth Stakes for which trainer jockey combination? Oh. Come on, guys. No, I don't know. I'm just saying that to the listeners. You should all know it. 
Sounds easy, doesn't it? It does sound easy. I reckon it's a little curvy. <laughs> I, think, little curvy. I, think, I, think, yeah, I think the jockey's probably thrown a <laughs> curvy now that I think about it. it. Yeah. Uh, question three. You, oh, how good is this? Name the Mike Santich, Magic Mike, friend of the podcast. Name the Mike Mike Santich trained filly who claimed the 2020 Jim Crack Stakes. I might have got a bit okay. too recent. Oh, I don't know. What did you say? Yeah. And. Like that. Yeah. No. Did I, shit, you can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll leave it in. Uh, question number four. Name the horse shooting for a second victory in the Grandstand Cup this Saturday. Oh, I know this one. Do you know this yeah, one? Yeah, I know this one. All right. Change of colours. Yeah. So they are the four questions for this week's WA Racing Mastermind competition. Send your answers through directly at the 1-1 pod. This is a direct message um, to us at the 1-1 pod on Twitter, and then you can be in the running for that $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring Hotel. Terry. How do we go? Where are we? Somewhere down here. You got three out of four. Mm, which one do we miss? Uh, question four. Hey. Yeah. And, uh, oh, jeez. And Mark. When you said uh, change of colours, I, I could narrow it down to two. Yeah. yeah. Mark has, uh, has, has middled that one. Question four. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, they are. Uh, that's but, the Mundaring Hotel. Yeah. WA Racing Mastermind. Good luck, guys. Episode 68. Good luck, yeah, Lisa. Very good. Very good. All right, uh, race number five, BJ, the Commit to Change Handicap over the mile. Um, very interesting uh, little event here. It's been re-handicapped to a 66-plus. Uh, Fangio uh, will be popular amongst punters, I can imagine, for the flying Roy Rogers team after uh, he was stuck deep last time out. And uh, she was stuck deep, I should say, last time out and uh, had no luck. But um, I reckon this could be a race that's run and won again on the speed, BJ. And, so uh, and who, Mark. who did you have finding the front? Do you want me to tell you my speed map? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. All right. Do I have a choice? He, you, you'll be hearing it. I've got – that's funny. As leading – Sophie Song, outside leader, scoreline holding leaders back, and we might do uh, try and jam. What about Moses? Sean McGrady into the one-one. Yeah, I think that's um, basically it. Uh, Sophie's will ping out and be happy to lead if they want to sit on the outside. With that's funny as, but I can't imagine with the sectionals that uh, that's funny as has been running that they'll have any interest but to cross and lead. And I don't think Sophie's will need to get into a war um, with him. So she should just pop out, hop to the breeze, and um, looks a simple map. What about? JJ Brown on Black Shadow underneath them both. Yeah, see, JJ Brown, Black Shadow 12 months ago, maybe 18 months ago, I would have said, will definitely mm. um, cause a bit of angst in that speed mm. map. But so I don't think the horse has the same zip at the minute. In saying that, I thought his first start run was a lot better than it reads on paper. Okay. So I just, I've got a bit of a theory. Carleen Heffel, right? So she, she made quite an impact over here and she had did have a way – she just she connected with leaders, didn't she? Like in like in a in a way, will will Maddie Derrick be able to extract a similar type of performance from that's funny as is what Carlene has been able to do recently? I was just wondering if you treated that's funny as regardless of the riding change, or you, did you factor that into your consideration, Terry, or do you just take funny as that's funny as on face value regardless? Yeah, hundred percent. They mm. they got along extremely well. Dion Luciani and. Um, Carleen Heffel with a lot of those free rolling types. Um, Be Quick is another that got along extremely well. Not only do, do you lose Carleen and, and Maddie goes on, who does ride front run as well, um, but you lose a kilo as well. Maddie mm. now only claiming two in the city. So, no, I was, I'm, I'm looking to get that's funny as beaten here. Um, 12 to the 
12 to the 14 to the 18, back to the 16. Is a horse that does his best work off the three, uh, three, four, five weeks type thing. So no issue with the little gap between runs. But he's up to the 57 here. Um, and I think there's going to be a couple of reasonable conveyances tucking along with him. Um, Sophie's Song is the runner. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed we're not getting a bit more rain um, about the price here, BJ. I thought Sophie's Song is one that might go up a quote, but got some statistics for you with uh, with Sophie's Song. So she's clearly a horse that's far better second up than first up, if you look back through her career. But um, on the seven-day backup, she has ran some absolutely huge races. Uh, if you look at her last... Last five, it was third to Red Can Man, which was probably her career best off the seven days. Um, before that, she was deep in the breeze um, when she had to work to find the breeze behind Special Choice. She won that race um, back in November 2019. She was second to Sublime Image, who got a pikey special that day, and that was over the mile, which a few people have queries on. Before that, uh, she was three back the fence with Sean O'Donnell on, missed the kick, absolutely flooded into it. It was maybe a good thing beaten that day, and prior to that, she beat inflation, so her record off the seven days is uh, five starts for two wins, two placings. Compare that to her overall record. I reckon Simon Miller knew exactly what he was doing last week, and I reckon this is the target assignment for Sophie's uh, Sophie's song, and uh, I'm pretty keen she'll run a big, big race from the breeze or tucking in behind. That's funny as. I reckon this is the target race. This and is the this, race? this yard is uh, in form, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, SA going very well at the moment. Um, and training winners, I think. I remember Simon joking about it on social media probably ran Belmont last year um, and he was cheersing to training winners over a mile and he's had a few in recent times mm. whereas you go prior to that time the only one I can really remember is a horse like Ross Martini yeah yeah um, I think she won a Belmont Oaks or something yeah like that. and the and the and the boys one as well the classic I think as well yeah. um, anyway but yeah he's, he's, he's getting some horses over a bit of ground that are racing really well for him so I don't know if that's a, a change in a change in setup at the stable, but they're still getting the two-year-olds running and these horses are stretching out. So hard to knock anything that you guys have said. There are horses like, for me in this field, Zatorio that can decide to run well this weekend, potentially. Um, he's always one that can pop up that does have a turn of speed. I'm not sure um, if he is a, a dead set miler despite him winning three starts over that trip. Yeah. But um, yeah, you got that's funny as, I mean, Giraffe is absolutely one of mine, especially when he pops up at these sort of prices. He just needs everything to go his way with a hot tempo up front to be able to come on. Um, I, I wouldn't knock anything that you guys are saying. In terms of looking at the market now, though, there are a few that certainly do attract, and I know that punters over in the east will be attracted by the Cerise and White um, in Bogart. Not for me, but, um, yeah, they'll, that uh, horse will definitely garner some... Um, attraction from from punters I appreciate the rise back to the mile as well I think potentially after yeah. going back to the 12 you, uh, did you did you put something on Twitter about him first up oh, I just don't think he's any good yeah, with all no, due no. respect to Bob and Bob and Adam Durant and I don't think the mayor's thrown anything decent she was she was a really good horse did she win a Prince of Wales or Colonel Reeves, Colonel Reeves or something anyway um I remember the first horse out of her was Chaser, and that horse actually started with Darren Weir and was a cult by Redoots and actually was desperately unlucky to win a maiden at Ballarat or Bendigo yeah, and, then, that's right. and then came back <laughs> over here yeah. and just did – he went around – I reckon it was Melbourne Cup Day 2016 and I said to the boys, I think this really nice horse and he did nothing and then he got the chop and the mayor hasn't thrown anything and this guy looks a big, lopy, sort of gangly thing. Um but look, nine dollars about an Adam Durant, Bob Peters' own horse. You can do worse, especially for those guys over east. But mm. very open race. Um, I don't think funny. That's funny as can 
lead all the way and win. But um, yeah, it sets it up for something around it. I think to to beat it at a, at a nice price. I'm going to stick with Fangio. I was she was my Betfair best betting proposition of the day last night when she came to Ascot and um, yeah, it just was just. Did they get spooked by the pattern of the day on that particular occasion? She uh, rolled to three deep with real um, comfortability. She wasn't bustled there by Chris Parnham either. She just sort of landed. Well, she landed near last, but then they—he's. I think he thought clicked her up for a second. She ended up there. I think he thought he could find a spot potentially. Yeah. Mm. So, and there's, he's just ended up having to rate her. If they settled last, yeah. I don't think anything was beating Trump this that day. Mm, maybe, maybe. I um, see it's last two hundred last week as well. Yeah, incredible. It's a funny old actually, old. Pakistan I, starish, isn't it? Actually, that one, is one a, for you, Mark. Yeah, that, a bit that of is Pakistan. Which horse we talking about? Trump this. That's a Trump good list. Yeah. It's tailed off last two, and it's running last twos that uh, Shataka would be happy with. That so. is a good comp, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Fang, that wasn't that wasn't how she'd been winning in Albany. Put it that way. She'd been sort of getting back cover, working into the race, and and using yeah, she'd been cl- given maps to do that. Like yep. they'd been bunching up on the bend every time she'd been winning in Albany as yep. well. So I could see that. I could see with that was a day we thought no apology and Seminole Brave would dominate the race. So yep. I can see their thought process. Well, if we let them get away and they're not going to bunch. This is a different race. And I think that's why Fangio well, that's was a big I, hard drifter late as well. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. But in, in saying that, the, the way that the race ended up panning out, it's. Um, it just it looked as though um, Plan A as to, to bring the tactics from Albany to town may have been more um, advantageous on the day, and and for her to keep kicking and still run second uh, with no apologies, running third, who since come out and won at Ascot yesterday. I think there was heaps of merit in the performance. I'm envisaging a three wide line here um, in this mile race. They. Um, the, the three wide line will be will form and then that will roll into the race. Chrissy Parnham, very few are better at uh, finding that 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 moving line. And um, he's, yeah, and he's just going to be there and uh, he's going to be. I just I feel as though he's going to conserve early, track up that three wide line, peel and get last crack at him late. So uh, I think this is a, a really good option for for Fangio. Scared of Sophie's song that um, and what about Moses up on top of the speed, but. Just, yeah, Fangio, I reckon, her race on Saturday. Will be uh, very interesting viewing and seeing if Roy Rogers can keep the stable uh, in the form it's been in for, for quite uh, some time. For context, I was 450 Fangio. Yep. Uh, Sophie's song, uh, 750. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's just, I'm finding it difficult to know if I should hop into uh, Sophie's song now at eight, nine bucks, but I think we'll take hold. But, uh, geez, if Simon Miller set one for a particular race, it's unlikely it'll drift a huge amount, I'd say. So, um, yeah, it might be worth having something on as well, the eight, nine bucks each way. All righty. Race six is the C Corp Grandstand Cup, our feature of the day. Um, listed 1,500 metres, $100,000 race, and, uh, of course, one one pinup boy dig deep goes around uh, in this feature luckless in the Bunbury Cup two weeks uh, Bunbury Stakes rather two weeks ago won by Western Temple the current favourite for this particular race on Saturday Samizdat comes out of the Bunbury Stakes as does Media Baron Luke's Gold Serenity Bay there's uh it's almost yeah there, there is there is a lot of uh, um, Bunbury Stakes form coming out of that and that does look like the the prevalent line that most people a reference point that most people will be taking uh no one knows dig deep better than uh, the guru terry layton so 
Give us how, how's he going to win? Or maybe Chris Nation. Oh, actually, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let me on, tell can you. We, can we get him back on? Let yeah. me oh, tell you. Uh, ring Chris to see whether he had any special gallops at Ascot this week. <laughs> we, we, we need to know. It's pivotal. Pivotal. Terry, lay it out for the listeners. How and why Dig Deep going to prove victorious in the Grandstand Cup? Well, Olmos has already spoke for about 45 minutes, so I'll summarise it in two words, eh? Just <laughs> wins. <laughs> that enough? Yeah. No, look, um, we're very happy. We we're very happy with the uh, – how do you like that little jibe as well? A little, little, little rib tickler. Mate, that's, that's, a, that's a compliment. <laughs> very happy with uh, the return of the Bunbury Stakes. He uh, obviously had a little uh, uh, hoof injury um, leading into that race. That's why we missed the Pinjarra sprint. So he wasn't 100% uh, in, the, in the Bunbury Stakes. But, uh, geez, his effort was pretty eye-catching. It was A few of them were fairly eye-catching, though. He wasn't alone in yes. being a um, one that caught the eye. But I think he runs a clear second, uh, even if they all have even luck. Um, that race. I think he runs a clear second to Western Temple. He should only be fitter for that run. He's a horse that races better with good draws. He, he doesn't step too clean, but he can muster into a spot. Yes, Mark? Oh, I'm just, I had to go forward to the gym crack to find out if M. Delena featured in any other stakes races of the day. Mm. He's got one in the Perth stakes and obviously dig deep. He's and got he, two in the Perth stakes. And he's got two in the Perth stakes and he's got sneaky chance as yeah. well. Gee, watch out, Bob. Yeah, no, M. Delina is uh, – this is his time as well. Loves a good autumn carnival. He does, does M. Delina. He? Yeah, yeah, he always had Jericho Missile dig deep, favourite on the eventual winner. He always backs, backs himself this time of year, doesn't yeah, he? He does. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, like I, I am expecting um, dig deep to muster up with Clint Johnston Porter. We're losing W. Pike from our couple of victories, which is – I think it's underrated a lot of the time. We'll get to a horse called Polissier shortly in the gym crack, but um, I think the reason that Polissier won its couple of races was W Pike compared to any other jockey. That's the extra length the horse finds. So I think we, Dig Deep yeah. found that length with W Pike. And that's my concern here. But I think that CJP is close to the biggest like-for-like like jockey in the fact he's patient, he's happy to take a gap. Mm -hmm. And a lot of his winners, and we've seen a lot recently from CJP, are horses that settle three or four back the fence. He's patient, he finds his hole, he gets them through, and he rides them really hard hands and heels. He's Pike-esque. He is Pike-esque. He's, yeah. he's, he's on a different planet. We're all on different planets at W Pike, yeah. uh, unfortunately. Um, but I think this is Dig Deep's race with some luck. Mm, I what agree. A, what about, as a talking point, gents, mm -hmm. uh, Sam winning the Scenic Blast two starts ago is the only winner, I'm pretty sure, at this stage of the 2021 year uh, for the Ganjimmy. He's their only winner. Is that is right? That? Pretty sure. Yeah, well. So, hopefully, the stable picks back up because I've got a two-year-old with them. Um, no interest like self-interest, but uh, it, it's quite unusual, isn't it? Sam is that he hit the line very well in that Miss Andretti and then the scenic blast, he obviously came out and won. Um, but if any horse is going to, I guess, run well for them, it's this one here. Dig deep, just looks to be the one, though. I'm really interested to see where Media Baron's at. Back out to 1,500 metres. I thought vast improvement at Bunbury last time out. Just not the same horse this prep, uh, obviously. Did you say only winner this year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah in 2021. 20, yeah, yeah, 2021, yeah. yeah. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. It's a good statistic. Yep. And um, without, without giving too much away in regards to the mastermind, uh, Falcon Crest, the old nine-year-old boy, um, <laughs> barrier three, um, of course, used to be with Matt Rigby, I think. Yeah. You, Matt Rigby yeah, used yeah. to have it. And... Um, Chris Nelson. And Chris Nelson, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I'm not sure if he can 
he can win, but... Um, I'm pretty sure he can't. Does Western Temple just go under the radar here? Well, I, there's, there's I, I, a... I remember, I t- so I tipped him on Radio Over East first up at Pinjarra. Didn't think he could win last start, and sure enough, he comes out and brains them. Is it just that, I guess, he, he seems like another one, like battle hero. He's a bit more hard-going, he's a bit more free-flowing, and he opened that race so nicely. Um, are we just dismissing him here? Well, I'm not. I'm not dismissing him. It's it's a case of price as well, yep. but it's also a case yep. of a horse winning a feature and getting up in the weights <clears> and giving the horses a few kilos and then starting too short. He's, next uh, start. He, yeah, he's he's been impacted by no top weight in this race as well. So he's, yeah. he has. He's he's gone from winning with. He's run a second with fifty four and a half in the at Pinjarra. He's won with fifty five at Bunbury and he rises four four kilos. So. It, it has to has to be taken into consideration. It does. And, that was and, a suitable service at Bunbury with a lot of oh, horses stopping dead. I just feel um, as though he was just so suited. Even though it, the time was there, he was really strong. It was a it was a really really good win. Don't get me wrong, um, Fernie Camp. But watching that replay, there was quite a few unlucky horses. Mm-hmm. The two main fancies didn't turn up. There were some roadblocks going on. There was a mid race move from Echo Effect, which basically changed. Flipped the race on its head, um, and it almost took out half the field where they were in positions where they couldn't win from at that stage. So, I don't know. I feel as though maybe the performance was a bit um, overinflated mm. than what it actually mm-hmm. was. So, um, and now he's he opened two dollars and five locally. Back that, he's no, he's come out to a more yeah, more more them. realistic three thirty yeah. at the moment. Um, but I. Yeah, I, I see he just got so many things in his favour the other day that I'm happy to take him on to a degree. I think it's either going to be a Dig Deep or Samizdat race, and I'm pretty confident. Dig Samizdat, I reckon they, you're going to have to ask for massive improvement here. And don't get me wrong, I know Samizdat's drawn a gate, but Dig Deep and Samizdat were next to each other, and Dig Deep was just a panels better run, like panels, panels. And, and Dig Deep should have had more improvement than Samizdat. So the big thing in Samizdat's favour is Barrier, but it's still probably going to settle alongside Dig Deep. And the second thing is Brad Parnham, who's one for one on the horse when knocking off Regal Power in an Asian bow a few years ago. So I think Sean O'Donnell, I think, to be honest, I think his last two starts, he's got a bit lazy on him in the straight when yeah. he thought he couldn't win the race. Yeah. I think he's sort of sat up a bit and just tried to nurse him to the line. I reckon that might be half the reason he's been um, knocked off here as well because I – you just would have liked to seen him um, just ride it out to the line. Speaking of riding him out to the line, what's your opinion on the uh, frequent fryer incident yesterday, guys? Uh, see, Paul Harvey got suspended for 20 I did. days. I did. Uh, I haven't um, – disclaimer, I haven't watched the replay, mm-hmm. so I have I can't comment on that. However, I will say, having watched Paul Harvey ride for years and years and years, that he probably had it coming. <laughs> so, to be to be fair, he's – how many warnings can you give a jockey to – amend his behaviour to change and to stop sitting up on them before you have a Douglas White situation where um, scales of justice, if people can recall, I'm sure, yeah. sure people Kingston are well aware, uh, where Stratum it, it start. starts affecting start, start affecting results and it's like Paul's a, a leader, he's one of the goats, He people look up to him. It's got to be a cultural thing. It has to start mm. with those guys. Just ride him out to the line. It's not that hard. It's just another two or three, four strides. You're getting paid per ride. Just ride them all the way out to the finish line. It's just 
you know. Yeah, it wasn't a long enough suspension for mine. Oh, should have been. Terry's coming in. Yeah. It's changed the result of a race because you've been lazy and not ride it to the line. Uh, so can you just lay it out for me? Did it change the result of the race? It's it, probably not, yeah. but it's not impossible. But it's not impossible. I'm sorry, I, I still not, haven't seen it yet. So yeah, yeah. he just it, he sits up probably with five ten meters to go. Yeah, uh, he's been beaten a very small margin. I mean, if Pike's on, it wins because he pushes its head down on the line. Uh, I'm not asking him to do that. Some jockeys don't do that. That's fine. Most jockeys don't do that. That's fine. But um, it just happens too much. Often it's a horse he won't ride out that'll run fifth instead of fourth and then you're talking I, we've always got to protect the punter at the end of the day and then you're talking exotic players people that have played first fours they might have been impacted because he hasn't ridden a horse out or it's usually not that visible where it's a horse that was going to win or go very uh, maybe a touch closer to winning but to me it just there's got to be massive I'm, I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't he hasn't been sus- suspended for this before. Surely he has. Surely he has to. Interesting to see his mm. record. But anyway. it, the, come on, Pont. Just just ride him out. Yeah, just ride him out. Just grow ride up, him grow out. Up, <laughs> grow, <laughs> grow up, Pont. Oh, Jesus. That'll get me in trouble. <laughs> grow up, Pont. Uh, uh, we love the Pont, but that is, uh, that's just not on. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, this is a, it's a good little race. As the Grandstand Cup always is, Media Baron, as Mark said, is absolutely flying at this prep. Uh, has come back as last two. Last prep, it did not turn up at all. Um, Jace Curiel, another one of a, a big book for her. Um, the problem is with Patton with the easterly hot day, it's going to have to come from last and circle the field. Very difficult to do that. But um, he's capable if he gets the right race set up. Harry Thomas will lead. Western Temple, yeah, Darty and the Breeze. If they all start stopping and um, they're finishing over the top of them, he will run the quickest last 200, I'd say. No out Luke Scholar will be leading up a three-wide line. Oh, he loves it out there, doesn't he? Poor old Luke's girl just hey. can't draw a hole. Yeah. Um, yeah, for mine, I think this is the race for Dig Deep. Put the writing on the wall in the Bunbury Stakes. No doubt the Pierce brothers have this bloke um, ready to rock and roll for the uh, Grandstand Cup on Saturday. CJP on board, coiled up. Geez, he was ready to explode on um Last start. So if he finds the galloping room he requires, then he's going to be hard horse to hold out at the finish. I don't, really? know, I don't, I don't know how many can match him late. I think the only horse at his best that can match him late is Samizdat, which mm-hmm. is why I went for the, the the two of them. And really, is Media Baron going to be able to come from two lengths off him and get past him? I, I, I don't know. I, two or three lengths off him and get past him? I, I doubt it. Looks a race in two between Dig Deep and Samizdat. I'm going to take on Western Temple. I like it. Yeah, Dig Deep for me. Just need some luck in the straight mark. Yeah, I'm... Dig deep too. Oh, um, pretty, deep pretty, pretty. Um, well, not keen, but definitely looks a standout. Serenity Bay is not well treated at the weights here, but I'm interested to see what she does, especially after her two runs in. They're not as bad as what I they actually, look on paper. She's value for me. I yeah. Had, I had a, well, I, well, I, I expected her to open up, even though the, the, the price was sixteen. Yeah, yeah and, and, and she's bucks. into yeah, the eight fifty. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that yeah. was a good price. Yeah. Um, because I was I was on the plane and I was looking at those those morning line opening prices that come through racing and sports and it said sixteen dollars and I said, Yeah. 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 I'll have me some of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've just seen eight fifty. So yeah, obviously they've um, come for it. But uh, Winker's on and maybe to sharpen up later on. We'll her see what she's at. Run was, actually her was last good. two runs have both been good. Mm. So and she does even though she's, she's not got tactical speed. Too. Even though she's not really well in from a internal handicap as ratings point of view, she's being an eighty. Um, she gets a weight swing. She gets a two kilo weight swing yeah. for, for finishing alongside Dig deep and Sam is back, that. Back to Ascot for a horse that has a, a shorter and sharper turn of speed as well. Yes, exactly right. She is, the time she's got out to a mile and 1,700, she's peaked on her run. So mm-hmm. the 15 will be right mm-hmm. on her limit. Sean will know that, but Sean can probably get the back of Western Temple here yeah. in, in the run. So, uh, yeah, another player in a, in a really open um, grandstand. But I think the 5 five fifty. There's there's meat on the dig deep bones. Oh. So do you know what you got to do? you got to chew. <laughs> Responsibly. <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good luck, Guru. Um, 
Yeah, it's, indeed. Uh, Terry, uh, good luck, mate. First of a latent double as well. Okay. First leg. Hopefully there's, uh, there's, there's no, no more of those um, nasty uh, reverse quinellas <laughs> that, that no one ever likes to see. Moving on here to race seven, we have the Remilius Resources Trophy, 1,200 metres. It was uh, it was advertised as a rating 78+. plus. However, no top weight was available. Therefore, it has been weighted as a 74+. plus. So that means a horse such as Outstanding Philly resuming Watch Me Dance, Connections were expecting 56.5 uh, when weights released. She's carrying 59.5 first up from a wide gate, which makes things awfully tough for her at her um, first run since the Kingston Town Classic. She did have a tune-up in an Albany trial. But it opens up the race for something else. And I mean, we've got speed through the likes of uh, Zebul, Charlton Eddy, Echo Effect, Santiago Girl. We have a 13-horse um, a field at the moment. It offers up quite some differing uh, opportunities for differing opinions. Can Mark. excellent dream lead from the two over 1,200 especially? I don't it think can anything, be up there too. I don't think anything can lead Z. No, no. Yeah. But it can be up there too. Nuisance value. Yeah, hundred percent. It'll be oh, interesting yeah, to sure. see what they do with Charlton Eddie if they want to pop out to the outside of Zebel, if they tag Zebel. Excellent Dream ends up three back the fence if they just decide to tag. Does Excellent Dream a horse with a sharp enough turn of foot mm. to out sprint someone, uh, a horse like Platinum Bullet who might be just on the back of Excellent Dream? The answer for me there is a resounding no. But, Excellent but Dream. if it's a searing tempo, that turns into does that zap Platinum Bullet yeah, and those exactly. sorts of, of her closing speed, yep. which brings Excellent Dream into the equation. Yep. The other horse who's a fly in the ointment horse again is Echo Effect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Echo Effect uh, has that uh, has that uh, acceleration to really uh, yeah be a nuisance, as you said. And yeah. Santiago Girl's been racing on speed as well, so there isn't a shortage here. And Deez, this isn't a race I've gone into with a great uh, great amount of confidence. To be honest with you, uh, Platinum Bullet by default up to the 1,200, little freshen up, uh, tags a hot speed, went super over the 1,000. We all said needs the 1,200, stables flying. Um, the 485 bucks is about what I've marked her though, so I'm not exactly pummeling into her. But um, nah, for me at this stage, more of a watch and see job. Mark? I think, well, Watch Me Dance gets probably out to $10 come race day. Oh, plus. And the rest. Yeah, plus, yeah, plus, yeah. yeah. And, um, and then becomes probably a bet just yeah, because okay. she's defied her odds in a champion fillies and a WA guineas, and this is no WA Trialed guineas like a, or champion like fillies. absolute rocket. Yeah. Um, it just, just depends. I feel as though she's just going to be ridden quiet, and if the race uh, shapes in her favour, then she'll be, she'll, be, she'll be joining in late for uh, sure. Uh, What's I, her target? Uh, good question. Run there a cup. Is, there, there, or do they go through that series? There is, a, yeah. there is two fillies and mares races coming up. One's called no. the Marjorie Charleston Classic. They're out there. Run under set weights and penalties. I yep. forget. It's still a hundred thousand race. Yeah, and, and she's West Speed, mm -hmm. so she gets West Speed bonus. And the Sheila Gwyn. And the Sheila Gwyn, correct, Mark. So they they knows his program. They are suitable targets for her. So um, just yeah, annoys me when it changes. Yeah, I imagine that. And um, the names. Don't get me started. I imagine that they're they're, they're um, suitable race too. What's that? The names of races changing. Oh, I hate it. Mm. I hate it. Yeah. Anyway. No, again, another day, but this is a, uh, a really competitive race. The other question I'll ask you in regards to Watch Me Dance, because let's not beat around the fact that she's obviously the class of the race, despite being a three-year-old filly, poorly weighted, blah, blah, blah. But if she's wearing Cerise and White cross sashes and W Pike rides, Grant and Alana Williams prepare, does she shorten rather than what Watch Me Dance has done in Drift? 100%. Mm. Yeah. 
I thought you were going to ask why is she wearing the A set? And that's another question. Is this, is this a pointer? Does oh. the A set only go on the A set? Mm. I, just, I just think well, that this, re- this requires further investigation. Yeah, I, yeah. I, mm. I just, yeah, like, like I said, I always, you know, it's, I'm very value sensitive, unlike, unlike other punters, but like many other punters, um, I just think that she becomes a bit on Saturday. Yep. Late bet fair, watch me dance, could yep. be anything. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think uh, she will be. And again, I'm not saying she wins by any stretch, but I think she's, she's a very be, good filly. She's going to be overs, yeah. Shouldn't be going around, you know, 10 plus. Yep. Yeah, she'll go around a healthy each way price, I think. And um, yeah, she's a real point of difference runner in this. Uh, Zeebel, as you said, you were mentioning Zeebel and Secret Assault before. Se- you'd think Zeebel's still a runaway and the yeah. 1200's a major query. So mm. you know Zeebel will be stopping on the field. Charlton Eddie might not appreciate not having clear air and clean air in front of um, in front of him. It could be a race where they do pack up and, and things make ground. And we could see Watch Me Dancers and your Jericho Missiles, yep. your Platinum Bullets, um, all making that uh, that ground down the outside. But you know, I think you run this race 10 times, you probably get 10 different results, to be honest. Which is why I've gone uh, excellent dream on top. Gate two, I actually, actually think his run was better than what people think at Bunbury the other day. It was slow away, so he ended up being a pair further back than anticipated. And he was following Guns of Navarone, who sort of acted a bit as a bit of a roadblock. Um, Paul Harvey sort of had to go early to get around him, covered additional ground, whereas the winner, Gemma's son and Jericho Missile, had probably had more economical runs than Excellent Dream. So the effort was good over 1,000. His two previous Ascot 1,200-metre wins were both in fast times with weight. So it's carried 60.5 to win a graduation on the January 9. Then it's carried... 60 kilos, you know, and it's run 109 to defeat Weapon Sun in a um, at Ascot on January 30. Really high rating performances. Um, led in one, uh, sat sort of one one ish, but we, but maybe a little bit three wide when it won two starts ago for Paul Harvey. If Bradbury Willer can get excellent dream to begin even, uh, land sort of um, first four or five in running. Through the fence, have you got it anywhere besides through the fence though? Uh, perhaps, but with Zebel just. Zeebel in a race creates creates tempo and creates space. So Brad Willer should be able to uh, extricate Excellent Dream into into clear galloping room at the right time. And I feel as though this is a really good option for Excellent Dream. Platinum Bullet, the Danger, Jericho Missile, uh, Jericho, um, Charlton Eddy obviously coming off a, a good um, second up Bunbury performance. Zeebel in the race almost sort of counteracts his strengths in a way so it'd be interesting to see how he performs under those under that race shape situation and as terry said the two that'll be charging late with um with strength and closing speed jericho missile and watch me watch me dance both those horses will be hooning to the line matt um matt lindsey smith stable starting to hit some really strong form locally Mm -hmm. i think this is a really good option for excellent dream yeah, a few people did their dough last start. I think Excellent Dream was off the map. Mm. Sure was. Uh, last yep. time out, all the uh, young stung, all the young stung, the young stars rising series did their uh, dough on that. So I wonder if they'll be uh, they'll be backing up here. But yeah, tough old race. Jemison was very good against the older yeah, horses. And, with and the shoe on. Yeah, absolutely. And mm. the stable mate ran second. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that was a that was. I thought Jemison was not no hope, but I thought. Um, Jemison was in the market and probably shouldn't have been, but was and ran really well. So, mm. well, um, really, really, really good race actually. When you race, when yeah. you narrow out, uh, watch me dance and, and Charlton Eddie in particular, uh, those younger horses taking on the older horses. It's uh, it's pretty exciting. Mm. Uh, 
What price did you have? Excellent dream out of curiosity. Uh, seven bucks. Okay. The map was and all good for me. Four fifty. Four fifty platinum. Yeah, four fifty platinum. Yeah, bullet, I, was, so. yeah I had platinum yeah. and excellent dream similarly priced around yeah. four fifty. Yeah. Pla- platinum bullet with the way the race is run shouldn't be missing a top three spot. No, no, no. and the way it's going. Yeah. Ran second to Resort Man, Ascot, 1,200 metres a few starts ago, then defeated Weapon Sun. The river oh, actually, no, that, was a de- that was a dead heat with Weapon Sun, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. The river yeah. form from last start looks good as well. So he just uh, she just has to not lose the race from the barriers and be yeah. too far back and then get gassed and she's out of it. So For those one by two, one by three punters like myself, hooking. Oh, excited. All righty. Race eight is the Furphy Jim Crack Stakes. This is the group three, 1,100 metres for the two-year-old filly, set weights and penalties, and it's the... I know what you're going to ask. What's going on with these Victorian beers? Sorry oh, to cut you off, BJ. I think that's what you were going to ask, actually. Over, in, over the most, you've, you've got some. A fair few occasion. You, you, you got, got, got some of the best beer in the world over here, you little creatures. A, um, the, the big V is part of it's part of the logo. You see yeah. that, Mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a long bro. Yeah. Incredible. You guys have come on. Grow Grow <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Why is this a group three and the blokes only get a listed race? It's like that everywhere, unfortunately, Terry. You look at the Blue Diamond Prelude, it's a group two. I'm not two. a big breeding man. It's, it comes down well, to that, Well, that's, that's exactly yeah. what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah. And, and you, even, you even now look at two kilo weight swings for, for girls. Uh, it all ends up favouring the mm. the breeders, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, the, the Prelude's a group two, Blue Diamond, and whereas the boys is a group three. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing for the previews, actually. The the girls' previews are group three. The boys are listed. The boys yeah. are listed. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's all about the fillies and the black type. I don't, I don't think Terry would be complaining if he uh, if his filly gets a uh, group three. Absolutely Alongside not. her name. Big, Hang on, which big, one have you got? Big bold yeah. letters. This is this is. Which one have you got here, Terry? A good thing too. Now, the first thing I think we need to discuss here, BJ. Uh, Sorry, Mark. Be optimistic. Be optimistic. You're right. Yeah, be optimistic. Number nine there, yeah. LK. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Kyle, I found out the K stood for Kyle this morning. I never, I never knew that. I was just, uh, oh, it's just LK to me. Oh, it's uh, LK and Tony, yeah, in mm. K and Kyle. Uh, the first thing we need to discuss good. here. Good um, race, and, uh, really this is, good this is a, race. This is the race I'm most looking yeah. forward to discussing. Um, hopefully, he can stop his whipper snipper for us for a second, so I really get stuck into it. <laughs> but uh, the runner, almost uh, that I think we need to discuss first of all. And we needed to talk about it from a map point of view. Is uh, Patrick's got sass, BJ? Now um, I've seen your little leg up uh, online. I've seen you've tipped it already. So a bit of a spoiler alert there. I do apologise, but are you just going to map Pat's got sass in the breeze here without any issues? It's surely Patricia, by the way, not Patrick. <laughs> surely. Patricia too. <laughs> it should be Patricia. Dearie, mate, that's a bit of an oversight on my part. I, uh, I do apologise. How big? Patricia. How big is she? Yeah, she's big. She's massive, isn't yeah. she? Just watching the yard from uh, from last week. Seventeen hands. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's a fair old, uh, yeah, fair old machine. You get a big advantage. It's like one of those um, when you're coming through the, the draft. You talk about the juvenile races, and you're, yeah. you're sort of uh, you've grown up bigger than the other kids, and you can dominate at an underage level. And this is probably her ability to dominate races at an underage level because she's. Uh, Got size and her opposition. I've but mapped me, BJ. This is what I want. This is what I've been looking forward to talking to you about. Because you can't just tell me she lands in the breeze here. Well, I've got her work into the breeze, yeah. I've got mm-hmm. ultimate command leading. Pat's got sass, outside leader. 
Polizia leaders back and be optimistic. In she the- couldn't go with Polizia in a trial. That's the thing. Like they, she couldn't go with half of these. Like you go back to her, and I, I might get this might be complete egg on my face here, but she um, jumped poorly initial trial. In her second trial, she jumped poorly again. She mustered up to land just behind him. In her race debut, she jumped just okay. It was a race that was led by Warpipes, who had never settled anywhere near the speed in trials or races. And a horse called Orchia or Kia or yeah. Chia settled in fifth. Right, that doesn't look like a big deal. That horse had never settled better than last in any race prior yeah. to that. Never been able to jump. It was just a race with but, no but they, speed. But they whatsoever. actually went. They went quick enough though. They did. Yeah. They did. Yeah, she mustered to get there. But if there's a little bit of toe here and a couple of these others, I, I think they'll all want to kick forward and, and they'll all want to make her work to get to the breeze. And she may well get to the breeze but geez she's gonna have to do work to get to the breeze against a far more formidable opposition so i love how terry terry gets um just, he really gets really excited when he's got a runner that, in the race too, my housemate jared often talks about he, he's a obviously he's a, he's a budgies man he talks about the recency effect that comes in recency things. bias 100 percent from this to me is just a race that screams recency bias all of these runners the majority of these runners they win like she did last start in that very poor race. Don't get me wrong, she's got upside. I appreciate everything that um, will be said about her and how good she might well be, but does she deserve to be a $2.90 favourite in a race chock full of quality from an awkward gate with a new Hang on, what price on? you say? She's $2.93, oh. bucks, I think. Yeah, no. So she's pretty no, thin. Like so. you say, if she's and, 6 bucks. I'm probably not carrying on. I think she's probably a little bit of value. But, and uh, and when, there's a, when there's a boom as well, you know, we see these yes. big types, goes away to win nicely. I priced, spot yeah. on, spot I, on. I priced at three fifty. I mean, the there's no doubt that Kiri Yule has the task ahead of her, but her her strength is getting the mountain pushing. Yeah, I think push, she's a good choice. Pushing them, choice, pushing yeah. them forward. I mean, if if she doesn't get to the breeze. Does does she get a trail into the race following the stable mate Pixie Chicks who's gonna roll forward as well? I don't think oh, I don't you think, can't give her a trail. That's I don't, one thing I'm not gonna cop a trial, especially for a big horse like that. Do we do we want to try I guess she trailed in the trial when knocking off Policia. It's a, but it's only eleven hundred, she doesn't have to get that complete mm. trail. So I mean two ninety, that's thin. Yeah, I was three fifty. So I what were you? Uh I was uh closer to six fifty. Okay. Yeah, no, I just – I went back and watched her replays, really her replay um, many times and and looked at the sectionals that came through that I, that I used from, from Bizzacardi and it was just – it was all there for me. It was all there. The the Paul Harvey to Kiriul is significant because obviously he knows her very well, goes out to Harrison's stables, rides track work there during the week um, and he's – Ridden her in trials, ridden her on race day, knows how she ticks. So that is a significant um, change from her debut win. Uh, yeah, it was just – it was all there from a from a two-year-old debut point of view. Sat outside leader and was still able just to accelerate and was strong through the line with plenty in the tank. Um, yeah, for me, Pat's got sass. Lucy's looks like she's a – Big girl who might even be able to do it tough and still be able to find some sort of way to to eke out a, a victory. But for me, from a price point of view, I'd be looking for you know above three fifty, which I don't think I'm going to get anyway. So. Yeah, interesting because she is a bit of a boom horse, a yeah. bit of a, a boom filly. So it'll be interesting to see what she does do in the market with a few of these likely to attract some support. But just again, talking about the recency bias that I just just touched on before. I mean, you got Pixie Chicks eight bucks drawn awkwardly. Lewa is twelve. That's probably the right price. But I just think. 
and I know I might be a little bit biased here, BJ, and I'm usually negatively biased towards the horses, uh, which I uh, have something in, but I just think Be Optimistic was the best run in the Magic Millions. Like, I think we were... I think we were the best run in the Magic Millions. Every horse on speed turned it up um, pretty early on in the straight. We had to work from the widest gate to get to the breeze. It took us forever to get there. Um, Jade was swinging off her on the band. Um, she gave such a nice kick. She wasn't entitled to give as big a kick as she did. And, geez, she was only grabbed late by Heavenly Waters and Export Man, who both had nice uh, cuddles and smothers in the run. So... I just think that this this twenty odd dollar quote this is this is as good a price I've seen at Ascot this season. I feel as though you, you're affronted by the current quote. I am. I feel. Yeah. I feel offended. I, yeah. I feel offended. Well, well, I, I agreed it with Terry to an extent yeah. because we always talk about we, we no we always talk about black bookers right and it's usually the big red flashing light horse that booms home last mm. two hundred last two fifty right. Why don't people talk about the horse that's done all the work up on speed and fades late and isn't been that far? Yep. That's the category that she falls into. Um, I think we get that wrong so often and it's only going to be better for the run fitness-wise with a, with a tough run like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a really interesting race and just looking at a few of the flux already, very fascinated to see early support for Rommel, whether that's an adjustment or not. Pardon me, the daughter of Rommel, mm -hmm. ultimate command. Mm. Um, because, because with the likely, as well, yeah, and, and, she'll, and she'll probably be a bit tougher than the rest of these just on breeding alone. Again, if and you experience. are and experience, and if you are looking at the breeding, you've got the likes of Fatale Femme, what price it? $26. Brilliant yeah. family. Out the gate. Um, Policier Lewa uh, was, you know, you just can't discount a Simon Miller runner. You go down to Sneaky Chance out of that fast mare in Snuglet, buy them all the talk, and I think it showed enough to date that, you know, she might be able to improve here up to a big race. You go down to even Safety Fuse out of that really good mare, Paris Cracker. So one for the breeding fans, if you do like one, don't be turned off because you'll get a price. Yeah, I think Sneaky Chance and Be Optimistic are the ones that are um – the market has forgotten about. And they've snuck under the guard. Yeah, sure. 100%. I think that $26 sneaky chance is... Uh, you can make cases it, for them, right? Yeah, yeah. Like she was, she was, she ran fourth in the Magic mm. Moon. She was good. Every time she went to the races, she was improving and they were, they were learning more about her. Uh, Trevor Andrews has flicked a switch recently. Definitely his horses are going so much better. Um, but yeah, like, I mean... Pat's this this is either going to be boom or bust. Pat's got sass, isn't it? It's I either think she's either going to win or she's going to like pop badly. Um, but she was my she was my on topper. I thought Hoy Ann was really really good in the yeah. supremacy yeah. Uh, gate one. Sean O'Donnell probably three three back fence type situation. Um, coiled up might get last crack at them. Polizier worked hard outside leader in the supremacy with a smother. Joey has a party on board, uh, expecting improvement from her. As Mark said, Simon A. Miller, Lee they've found the knack to her, just conserve, conserve and let her launch. Obviously they're gonna employ similar tactics again. For me, Pat's got sass on top. Hoi Ann, the biggest danger, sneaky chance and Terry's horse, be optimistic, are the ones that sneak under the radar from a market point of view. Which way you go, Mark? Gun to head. I'll, I will be backing everything that is pretty much at a double-figure yeah. quote. Um, it's a good Betfair race late. I'll, I'll yeah. Absolutely. And I think any bookmakers that are taking bets on this race already and if they see money come in 
for 10 pats got sass they'll be saying thank you because yep. um it'll be it'll be a longer price well, come people, come race time people will be backing her yep just on yep. the on the the, the um, win on the spruce yeah. that's the thing but she's already at that thin price yeah. i'm yeah. really interested in what she does i think she'll she'll hold ish i think she'll trade 280 to four bucks yeah uh, i think you're two not yeah it, it's just got to be thin it, it's yeah. it's not a price that you can come at hard at at the moment but uh, yeah a really interesting watch lately. like i talk about the 20 odd bucks for be optimistic being a uh, a really really big each way price on my market there's it's not impossible she trades longer mm. as well they all have to fit into a 100 percent market yeah, yeah so. it's, and that's it's it's more of a sign of the depth and quality of this the phillies division yep. leading into the caracatta plate in, yep. in two weeks time storybook yeah. storybooks huge hasn't, hasn't lost a race or trial today and his gold came out and smashed him seven days ago to make yep. that form look even better so i'll be i'll be making sneaky chance and ultimate command there you go okay sneaky chance and ultimate command for mark be optimistic your best value bet just about this year, I reckon, BJ. That's mm. uh, 20 odd to one. Just parks him behind him. Um, we'll go very, very close. And uh, Pat's got sass. BJ is going to uh, trust the, the big loping girl to get to the breeze and uh, make me look like a goose, which wouldn't be the first time. How strong are we expecting those easterlies on the weekend, gents? Light. Okay, so light. By this, by this stage of the day, they could um, they could be coming have subsided. On. But also, uh, I'm speaking more from a yard perspective in terms of breeze and how a lot of these two-year-olds handle it. Mm. I think it'll be really interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing they're getting a crowd. Everything we heard from Chris earlier, there'll be a decent crowd, race conditions. Uh, also, watch a few from the yard. And yeah, good point. We'll, we'll, get a, we'll get a real idea from the market what these horses are doing in the yard. If we mm -hmm. see Luke, Kyle, Fernie strapping, be optimistic. Then uh, <laughs> do we know something's uh, something's amiss, or or, or, uh, or do or we what? know something's very, very right? <laughs> <laughs> Have a look at what I'm wearing on the day for, me, for my photo <laughs> post race. That's all I'll say. Uh, very good luck, Jerry. Again, big day for uh, TK Layton. That's for sure. It'll be a bigger day in two weeks' time when she wins a Karakata too. Mm. Add it to the mantle. Yeah. Just yep. go on the uh, yeah, exactly right. Easy race to win, I found. All right. Mark, do you know what time it is? You might not know. He might not know nope. what time it Go is. Go on. It's time for the Get Out Stakes. Yes, uh, yep. S-T-E-A-K-S. Now, BJ's going to tell us who it's brought to us by. Thanks, Terry. Brought to us uh, the, the extremely popular, so popular. We're inundated with entries each and every week for the Get Out Stakes, which is proudly brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. You can find them at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt. Him and his team, they mm. run the show. Swing pass, say good day. Timmy will look after you. Timmy, of course. Good man, be, Timmy. Timmy, of course, he's you a great Timmy. man. He is represented by Featherweight in the uh, Perth yes. State. So good luck, Timmy and his team. Congratulations to episode 67, Get Out, uh, episode 67, Get Out Stakes winner, Ben Ranstead. He was nearest the pin with his Tycoon Storm prediction last week. So he collected the stakes and uh, he's a very happy man, Ben. So congratulations, mate. So to enter this week's Get Out Stakes, and I'll tell you what, this is, uh, this is incredible stuff, this last race at Ascot on Saturday. So if you are able to pinpoint the, the winner of this um, in the Get Out Stakes and uh, you thoroughly have earned the victory, that is for sure, send us a tweet at the one run pod. Who you think will win race nine at Ascot on Saturday? Decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. Remembering, of course, Terry, the Sam White rule. Uh, first past the post. Correct. First in, best dress. And shout out to Sam. I caught up with him during the week for a coffee. Uh, good young man, loves his uh, thoroughbred horse racing. I had promised him some of our limited edition one one 
merchandise and finally delivered for him during the week. That's great gear great. too. <laughs> Mark I'm wearing this. I'm wearing this to the. I'm wearing this to the wedding. So and he's wearing the pikey t-shirt yes, as well. Yes. He got the full kit. So set the scene, punters. Mark Mark Olmos is wearing his one one hat as well as his back pipe drink what you like t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> punters wardrobe boys do a really good job. Really good job. That is brilliant steak. So Sam. Um, um, enjoyed the uh, the one one hat. I gave him a few so we could sling them to a few of his mates as well. And uh, he um, he loves the fact that he has a rule. He's the only person who has a rule on the the one one W Racing podcast, and it is enforced too. regularly. It's an <laughs> important part of the show. So um, yeah, so that's uh, that's how they enter this week's Get Out Stakes competition. And uh, my uh, two words to kick off the summation of race nine, which is the Vinnies and Rotary Club of Perth Handicap over 2,200 metres is good luck. Mm, I'd be looking at a sort of a 2016-2015 Kingston Town type call. Perfect reflection, delicacy. Perfect reflection, delicacy. Don't know. Don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't know. No, absolutely no idea. I was thinking S-S fight, something fight. The, um... This? The, Mm. uh... Is it, is it dog shit worthy or is it a bit better than that? Oh, it's a good betting race. Yeah. It's a good betting race if you're um, asking Mark for a bet on a dog after this race, I'd say. But no, I, I don't think there's – this is difficult, BJ. Well, I know, um, I know one horse who definitely can't win. Paris and George has yeah, come out. Number four. Yeah. Paris and so that's probably uh, the the one thing in our favour. Look, I, I'm expecting big improvement from Saucy Jack, who was, geez, had to work bloody hard in the Bunbury Cup to get a cross trap for Fools and the rest of them. Yep. Um, forget it went around, popped like a balloon. And Mark was just saying before, sometimes you got to look for those type of leaders. Even though he's beaten 13 lengths, he was racing out of his grade. And you got to think about yourself running, going for a jog. And when you've had enough, you'll just you'll just turn it up. Mm. Absolutely. So sometimes I'm not all that perturbed if they're beating crazy margins because he just turned it up mm. as he was entitled to do well, way and, out of his and grade. And also they, the pressure went on a long way from home. Yeah, too, didn't it? yeah exactly so. right. So, look, there is less pressure here. Probably finds the top easier. Horses are flying for Lactar. Only goes up two and a half kilos, drops... 10, 10 lengths in um, in class, I'd say. And, look, he can give some cheek out in front, but, geez, does lightning strike twice? I do not know. Mm. Never, ever. Oh, for the recent sort of 12 months, did I ever think that I'd see uh, rivalry galore go around at single-figure odds? And, and don't get me wrong, I've been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been backing him just because I, I think he'll pop up and win a race. And now he's, getting, he's shown that he's getting closer to winning a race. There is no... Chance that I could ever take six dollars about rivalry galore. Do you have to have a mental health bet. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, may, maybe just something small come race day, but wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but he's one of those horses that I just keep having something on because I think he'll pop up and, and can, do something. He can win. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Um, Crystal Valley is another one that probably maps okay. Um, even I think unreliable goes under the radar just purely because of a, a soft track win last start. Who knows? That could have sparked the fire in him to be able to come out and run some sort of a race without any confidence at all. some money on last start too, which is always a nice sign. And that w- that would have been because of the soft track, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the Roan Ranger opened up favourite, but the market flipped on its head, didn't yep. it? Yep. And uh, yep. it was very heavy support for Unreliable and got the job done. Yeah, so I, I think I think I'll be leaving Rivalry Galore alone purely at the price, but Crystal Valley's there, still at an each-way quote. Each-way the field. Yeah, um, and... Unreliable, just waiting to see what what happens with him. Just being a reliable man, staying out to this trip, and might have just clicked after last start. Um, it's amazing what a win can do for a horse's confidence. Yep. So um, yeah, but absolutely no solid opinion on this race whatsoever. Join the club. Yeah, but but if I look, if I was having a quaddy, I'd probably have those 
those three horses in and maybe throw in a horse like Vintage Stock or Upward Others. But, um, yeah. Yeah, we're, uh, we're singing, singing from the same hymn book, Mark. Mm. Uh, I had I ended up with – I was so desperate to tip it, one of Rivalry Galore or Crystal Valley. Mm. They were the two horses that I marked favourite, $6 a field. Um, and I was just trying to work out a way where I could – where I could come to them and um, could pick holes in, in both of them. Um, so what I've ended up doing, uh, you can pick holes in every runner in this race, but what I've ended up doing is I've gone for the horse who sort of doesn't have the, I don't have those hang-ups with just yet, which is uh, which is unreliable. <laughs> which is it. unreliable. <laughs> um, uh, I thought his run behind Saucy Jack Twoback was, was really encouraging. He... Um, he looked like he was the Roan Ranger had him beaten at um, Pinjarra last start, but he he sort of really lengthened and hit the line like he's going to win more races. That was with fifty nine and a half kgs as well. I know the Roan Ranger sort of took off early and was a bit of a sitting duck late, but it it just he just kept coming and he won. Uh, drops to fifty five kilos. I think Sean O'Donnell could actually bounce him out and hopefully settle a touch better, maybe a pair better than midfield. From there, in a strung out field. He's going to have room to move with a with a lightish weight comparatively. Um, horse only had the 11 starts, as Mark said. The penny might have dropped for him. Staying potential with that 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 um, sort of stout pedigree that uh, Mark outlined as well. Sean O'Donnell aboard, sticking close to the rail. He's going to sort of pick his pick his way through. I think unreliable each way odds can 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 maybe be a bet for me in the last, but with low confidence, and I wouldn't be surprised to see. A horse like vintage stock Bob up who had, <laughs> who had excuses at Bunbury last up. Yeah, he's he's build, definitely building as a win there yeah, soon. But uh, there look, throw a blanket over all of uh, all of these, and when you're throwing a blanket over them, let's just back the leader that's going to tear away. At least you know which one you're going to burn. You get a sight for your money, eh? So desperate times call for desperate measures. We'll just tip saucy Jack, BJ. All right, just before we leave this race, you're, you'd have a more of an understanding of this horse. Is, is Galaxy Blaze a potential? Leader? Uh, no, nah, those races Not in Geraldton recently have been devoid of speed. So it's kind That's of why he's been. Yeah. But he'll go forward, go forward, yeah? He'll go forward, but yeah. I think Saucy Jack won't have any issue in holding him out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he, he might at, even so. pop in into the substrate. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, he's actually showing more gate just, speed. Just trying, he's, to, he's just trying to map him because there's a few horses sort of drawn a bit sticky who might. Yeah, the escort fryer away. Yeah. They could both they could both race closer and both want to race closer. But I mean, it's funny. Saucy Jack was slower away last start than the previous time as well. So I think he was just a happier horse. Saucy Jack two starts together than he was last start. But look, in a race where you're not sure, um, yeah, the, the horse that rolls out in front nearly ten bucks, it might be the go. But yeah, desperate times. I think at that stage of proceedings, hopefully we're just one couple of feature races. All right, it's time to end our preview with our Betfair best betting proposition. Of the day, it's Grandstand Cup Day at Ascot on Saturday. Terry Layton, who is your Betfair best? She's enchanted. Maps a dream. Meat on the bone. Best of the day, just. My, she's enchanted is also my Betfair oh, best like of the day. Don't often align. Mark Olmus. Hate to do this to you, Tez. I'm going dig deep. Oh, yeah, oh. as the best of the day. I like that. Just, I just, feel like you've got a really positive vibe. A lot yeah. of, a lot yeah. of uh, he's glowing. A lot of boxes yeah. tick. A lot of. Stars align, and you're getting a price too. Been a day spa recently? <laughs> no, I haven't. I've just <laughs> been eating glowing, very well. Have you? Yeah, and it might be this uh, this Perth sun and the sweat <laughs> on my face. Uh, dig deep, did that, and won. Okay, we're going into Maddie territory. 
So for those who are new to the concept, we look for horses who are $21 or 20 to 1 in the old at time of recording. Might throw to Mark. Who is your, as a value punter, who is your Maddie of that? Uh, well, I'll have to say Sneaky Chance now that the price has gone about Ultimate Command. Uh, sneaky Chance in the in the gym crack. Just soft draw. I, I, just hoping that she's learnt a little bit and that she can settle a bit handier in the run. But uh, I've liked this one from, from a long way out from the early trials. So Sneaky Chance in the gym crack. I'm aligned with you, Mark. Sneaky Chance is also oh, my is. Maddie for the day. But um, I think I might know where Terry's going with his Maddie of the day. Yeah, be optimistic. Same stiff, race. Stiff not to be the best of the day too, I reckon. Yeah. So be, be optimistic. Um, yeah, recency bias. They're the words I'll be tweeting after the race. <laughs> <laughs> if I have the ability to tweet at that stage of proceedings. Uh, surely you'll be enjoying the win. Um, yeah, so Maddie uh, for Terry is be, uh, is be optimistic in the jib crack and sneaky chance for Mark and myself. And let's wrap things up here with our Betfair lays. Terry, he has been putting his out on Twitter for the public to get involved with actual lays. Who is uh, your um, Betfair lay for the 1-1 podcast, Terry? Uh, I'm not sure if I'll have any this week because there's nothing that's uh, – I don't think there's a huge amount massively under the odds. But, look, I was pretty vocal about um, Pat's got sass, so we better go with, uh, with Pat's got sass as my uh, lay of the day, guys. Mark? I think it's very interesting because a lot of these horses have started shorter and immediately as the markets have come out, they've eased. Uh, the likes of Magical Dream, Storm Whisper, even that's funny as Western Temple, they've all gone out in bedding. Um, so I'm just going to take on the shortest one of the day and that's Pleto in the first. Um, barrier one, small field, it could be a bit of bad luck where something gets around and heads them off early and can't make up ground. Mm-hmm. Dollar ninety five as well. It's pretty Unders, yeah, thin at the yeah. moment, so that um, that makes sense, Mark. Uh, my bet fair lay of the day is in the Grandstand Cup. Number one, Western Temple. I'm going to take you on. Yeah, yeah, thought it might be. Oh, it's a yeah, uh, it's a cracking day's racing, really, from start to finish. We're really looking forward to the uh, to the two final build ups from mm, the Karakata. Sure. Uh, thank you to Chris Nation who was on earlier. Uh, always interesting to hear uh, the latest on the track and what's coming up for uh, what's in store for uh, for Belmont as well, which is only a couple of months away now. But uh, thank you. Mr. Olmus, it's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on our, uh, our little old podcast. It's been great. Firstly, yeah. a real treat for you guys to ask me, so thank you both. And uh, honestly, my pleasure to be able to come on and, um, and, and yeah, really have a laugh and a smile and uh, talk about things that we all have in common and that we love, and that's racing in WA. Um, and just on this weekend, if you can't make it to the track, um, a lot of people still unaware of Sky Racing Active. You can mm-hmm. catch the running yeah. running commentary it's, it's, before and after the post so race. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm lucky enough to sit in a studio where we've got the entire frame store and I can hear the pre and post and everything, but you can at home too. So, yeah, just have a look, especially the two-year-olds if you're having a bet mm-hmm. in the gym crack and the Perth Stakes and see how they're, they're uh, going in the yard and the rest of it. But you can catch it all on uh, Sky Racing Active and I look forward to coming out here for the first few races. I'm glad you, glad you brought that up. Been, I've been meaning to bring that up for weeks now. It's it's cracking. It's service. a game changer, yeah. absolute game changer. Yeah. The only thing that a lot, oh, lot of tweaks have had to be made with the with the product, but it's uh, it's certainly come up trumps and it's only going to get better. The only thing that... The only thing that I dis that I dislike about the whole thing is that sometimes they leave the odds on yes. too long uh, after the horses have jumped, um, and it takes up quite a 
portion of the screen. And that's one of the tweaks that's had to be made. Yep. Um, as we know, unpredictable animals, horses, scheduling, yep. the rest of it. It, um, Yeah, we, we, we've worked on that, so we've got someone there to make sure that that comes down as, other, as soon as the race that, starts. Love it. Brilliant. Yeah, nice. Good stuff. Well, once again, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Mark. guys. Loving your dulcet tones on Sky Racing. You make uh, hunting deep into the evening uh, almost enjoyable when you're doing your ass at turf and tame. <laughs> uh, last thing from you, Mark. This will probably go out a bit late, but give us a t- uh, foot, footy tip tonight. Richmond, Carlton. Oh, it's got to be the Tigers. Tigers. Uh, I think. Right. I think by default. Um, Carlton are no good. Yeah, okay. Carlton are no good. Wow, well, there you go. When's, when's, the, when's, the, when's, the, when's the last time? How have they still got this opening round game? I mean, another <laughs> discussion for another day. <laughs> but eight, eight since row. 2012? Yeah, yep. yep. so. Um, BJ? Oh, yeah. uh, Richmond, easy. Tight. Richmond, all right. I'll go fly in the ointment. Carlton, it's got to be time to turn the tables. Cotching out late, so there we go. Good luck um, to everybody having a punt this week. Uh, I'll be getting out for the later races. Mark will be here early. Come and say hello. Annoy us. Have a beer. Celebrate. Dig deep and be optimistic's victory <laughs> with myself. Good luck, and, mate. Uh, thank you. And uh, until next week on the 1-1. Oh, 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 o